You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. You know what they say, a three percent decrease in hydration equals a twenty percent drop in athletic performance and coordination. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, has okay. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not a joke. All right. Okay, so we're gonna pretend you're not here for a bit. I'm gonna talk to Dave and Jason and then we're gonna do your intro tip. Oh, okay. And then and then we reveal you. But aren't, we, aren't I on camera here? Do I have to come and sit down? Nobody, no, 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 no. We haven't figured that part out. That's a fatal flaw. <laughs> I mean, it's not so like... So do you want me to go or do you want me to just stay? No, just stay. Just, just stay. stay. Yeah, yeah. Just be quiet? You can, you can, no, no, you don't have to be quiet if you don't want to. A lot of people will just listen to and not know you're sitting there. Oh, yeah, okay. Ah, I know right. who you're talking about. <laughs> it's also on the... Could I be like a bunch of random yeah, characters? It's on the name like, of the episode. <laughs> right. All right, guys, it makes no sense. Okay, and we're on the air. <laughs> and three... Two, one, and we're live. Just kidding, it's pre-recorded. Ooh, nice. You got him. Hey real guys. Quick. Could I get a, oh you're gonna do Very a little clap? Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the clap is in the podcast now. Or yeah. that's okay. A little slate. Yeah. How you guys doing? Oh, we're good. We're good. We yeah, are we're um ready to feed. I'm hungry. Oh uh, yes. Yes. I'm so hungry. Yeah, how was your day so far? It's pretty good. A lot of the day was just setting uh this whole podcast yeah, studio pretty much, up. pretty much and it seems still seems like a little little tweaked out thanks for helping hang my bike it looks great in the background new upgrade if you notice and for those of you watching we have some changes new carpet new lights wow yeah we really leveled up after uh, peter chow tore us a new one yeah <laughs> did he no oh. he's a, such a sweetheart he would never guys i'm very excited about today's guest um he uh he's actually sitting right beside me and you probably already know if you read the title of this podcast, but for some reason we should decide to keep it secret. Oh, now you definitely know. Now you know. It's the one line. I couldn't keep it in any longer. <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. Hey, uh, guest who will not be named yet. We got to read your intro before we can talk to you by name. Oh, yes, okay. And uh, who wants to read the intro this, this, this week? I, I wrote it, but anyone can... I think Dave should do it. Dave, right, have read you it. written yeah. it? <clears throat> I have not. Uh, Dave have hasn't what? written a single. Uh, so he hates okay. the podcast name, okay. and he hasn't okay. written a single intro. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm nervous. Yep. I'm not exaggerating when I say that today's guest is a mountain bike legend. Since riding off cliffs and down steep shoots around Kamloops in the 90s, he has gone on to compete at Red Bull Rampage. He's had multiple riding segments in sports' biggest films, and has been in magazines more times than Pamela Anderson. At the tender age of 53, he is still a professional mountain biker, plus he's a father and a man of a thousand jokes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Brett Tippy in the house. Woo! Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> play a noise, play a noise. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> official <laughs> Brett Tippy theme is song. Is that my theme song? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I love you for all the girls I've loved before. <laughs> How is the intro? We like to rate the intros, have the guests rate them out of 10. Is there any? I right? never give 10s because then you have nowhere to go. It's mm. fair. But, uh, you know, it was cool. Um, I would give it, uh, I'd give it an eight. We missed some important wow. details that you would have written for yourself. Um, maybe, yeah. You didn't mention the snowboarding part. You're going to get to that. And how incredibly good looking I am. No, just kidding. We're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't that's even a show um, don't tell sort of thing. Though, right, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. We, we need the camera for that. Um, <laughs> no, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. He's very informative. And um, I'm not a legend. I'm an icon, you know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's Fair good because uh, Dave, you did a good job despite not being a mountain biker. He's the layman yeah, of not. the group, self-proclaimed layman, and not that's not lame man. It's well, that layman. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Depends which way you look at it. No, what is a layman? A layman is like a, a journeyman. Oh. Like laying bricks? Yeah, I thought that was it. Yeah. Like a simpleton. You're, you're right? not the... Oh, you're, no, it was a simpleton. I think it's more in the middle. In the like middle. You're above simpleton, but you're less than a master. No, you're just the average person. You're a uh, layman. You're the layman. Oh. A layman's terms, like the yeah. guy who actually lays down the bricks. Okay. Oh, that's possible. That's not as bad as I thought then. That's I good. Don't know, maybe the real person will answer with the real answer, but <laughs> we're going out with. Some layman out there in the comment yeah. section will <laughs> Give, a, give us the layman terms on what layman means. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's like when you see a forklift uh, lifting a pallet of forks. It's so damn literal. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Mine is blown. So, yeah, Dave is not is the non-mountain biker of the table today. So we might have to build a lot more Are you the sound guy? You're, you the, you're the sound technician. I'm the producer, sound guy, whatever. You know, I have a Polish friend who's a sound technician and a Czech one, too. <laughs> and a Czech one, too. Czech one, too. Very good. So uh, maybe, you know, hey, Dave, if you're feeling really out of the loop today as yeah. we talk about a lot of, like, mountain bike stuff. I mean, this is the first podcast where yeah. we, we're going heavy on the mountain bikes. That's okay. And, you know, you, you're, you're not so heavy into the mountain bikes. So we'll try to help you out. I did look up what layman means. Oh, Yes. So it is L-A-Y, like the layman, but it, it comes from um, someone that's not part of the clergy. Oh. So you're just the ordinary average mm -hmm. person. So you're not part of the church. So there you go. Oh, wow. Does this mean know. you're not a religious person? Or you're, no, you no, it just means you're not, them? like you're, you're one of the peasants. You're one of the people right here. You're the not, great unwashed. You're not, the common uh, man. You're not part mm. of the upper echelon. I see. Okay, yeah. so yeah. these are all things that describe you. Yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. Not a part Just of in the general. So we were correct. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> right. It says uh, real pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> POS. <laughs> How you doing, Tippy? Thanks for being on the podcast. I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me here. This is cool. Good to see you guys again. You, you beat us to, onto our podcast. You've invited me onto your podcast a few times, but I couldn't line it up. Over mm -hmm. a couple of months ago. Yeah, it was because I, I wanted to wait until Jason was officially a part of the team so I could talk openly about okay. it. Now here we are. Yeah, no, you know? I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, you got to you know pull it out when it's time with the, uh, the whole reveal. Exactly. Yeah. The band is back. Yeah. But yeah, we would be happy to come visit whenever it lines up. Okay, I need you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. I'm all in. I, I need to We're make in. something for Tippy Tuesday, so let's, no pressure. Let's do a 5 a.m. I'm in. I'll still be up. Yeah, he, he would be still the one who would be into it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> really? You're a huge morning guy? No, no. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a real late night guy. Okay. Oh, I don't, and I don't sleep very much, actually. I'm like, I'm super hyperactive, and sometimes I'll just go for days with like three to four hours sleep and just get shit done around the clock. And then I'll catch up with an eight or a 10 or a 12 and then go hard again for those days where I need it. And then just kind of hit the throttle as I need it through life. All night drives from different resort to resort to mountains to editing to whatever it takes to get stuff mm. done at night. Because I have kids and sometimes you can't get stuff during, done during the day. And I got a, you know, a job and stuff. So or it is all part of my job. But yeah, I don't know. Sleep when you're dead, I guess. I heard that Jamie Foxx has a pretty irregular sleep schedule because peak energy levels for humans are like in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So uh, he, I don't know. Apparently works around that or something. So yeah, take advantage of it when it hits you. Uh. Yeah, I I'm, I have a tough time um, getting up in the morning because because I was up until late. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. I wonder why. <laughs> but I do actually feel more alive at night, and I go night riding a lot. And you know, sometimes I'll night ride more than I will day ride. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're tired, we were thinking of you. We have a small gift for you. 
That's small well, gift. Yeah, it's very small. Oh, Some wow. of them are bigger than the others. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, we thought this that, is a surprise. We thought that uh, you know we're thinking about you. We always have to bring a little something. Yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today's a gift. That's why you call it the present. Oh. <laughs> I gotta be on my toes today. Oh but. my god, Red Bull. Red Bull sugar free. <laughs> Monster, <laughs> rock star, one <laughs> <What> of <if> everything. <laughs> so, uh, not all for you. Yeah, we, what's we're, the last we're one? Share them. What's the wow, one? that's amazing. What is this flavor? Oh, these are one, these are for everybody. One for everybody. Yeah, one for or, everybody. or, yeah, or okay. we could do a flight. Okay, I thought you were just trying to get me loaded up. Like, let's get Tippy on every single energy drink there is and see what he does. Yay! Wait, he's the same as he always is. What the <laughs> hell? Hello, Frank. I'm going to make great start to be here. Crank is going to be like, <laughs> who's been giving me Tippy energy drinks? <laughs> Such a good clip. People love that clip. People that, love that clip, yeah. yeah. You brought, I love that you brought it back. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I put it actually on, post, on Instagram, put it, posted it up like uh, last year or sometime. Just out of the blue. Yeah, people loved it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to pick out of these four. There's four of us. Yeah, I'm going to pick a traditional Red the OG Bull. Red Bull. Nice. Yes. And then you guys can go from there. Okay. If I'm the guest, I get first pick. Yep. Yep. I, I I'll I'll go monster. Second captain, first pick. I, I don't want sugar free. I can't. I can't. Okay, you grabbed Rockstar, not tastes, Monster. Oh, there's a Rockstar. Don't open it yet. We should open it all at the same time. Okay. Should we kickstart them? Jason, I'll let you. Right. Pick, I'll let you pick next. I want the monster. Okay. Perfect. That's a lot. I the Red Bull. Fluid. I know. This is going to be interesting. Uh, I've always wanted to kind of like... Uh, Should we have a shotgun race? Because <laughs> I would crush you guys. <laughs> Just letting you know, but... It would be a race for a second, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> My God, this is huge. I don't know if I could shotgun Yeah, we chose wrong. Then. <laughs> yeah. Change the rules midway. Yeah. J- Jason's got like double the milliliters. I mean, yeah. the people at home probably want us to shotgun them. Wait, are we ready? We're going to do... Uh... Ceremonial. No, this is, open, this is open. Okay, okay. all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll beat you guys on time. Put it right by the mic. Put it right by the mic. Yeah, by the maximum mic. effect. Right. Okay, on uh, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven! Oh. <laughs> that was so satisfying. Cheers, actually. fellas. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, the, the aromas. The aromas. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Mine smells insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what flavor is yours? Uh, I believe Ultra Watermelon. Ultra. <sighs> Okay, okay, Couldn't let's do a taste regular. test. Jason, take a sip. It's good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, there's, it's got a ton of sugar and caffeine. It tastes delicious. <laughs> tastes like watermelon. Okay, I'm going for mine. Strawberry, Rockstar. It tastes like uh, liquid sugar. Uh, doesn't have a lot of kick to it. It tastes like, I don't know, it tastes like a Barbie closet. Barbie, is that what flavored? How did you have that one? <laughs> Barbie's closet? A closet full of Barbies. That's what it tastes like. Ooh. It's also, it's a pink can, so it kind of, but it tastes, it tastes bright and sweet. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go on for a traditional Red Bull. It tastes like work. Yeah. <laughs> say. Right back to normal. Actually, you know what the best <laughs> meme I've seen in a while is a guy in his car at the intersection. And there's a guy on his hands and knees crawling across the intersection in front of him. And the ready says, if Red Bull gives you wings, alcohol gives you four-wheel drive. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's so good. That's awesome. Taste that. Yeah, you complete the circle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, mine tastes like a Jager bomb because I can't remember the last time I had a Red Bull that Sugar wasn't. Free, yeah, it tastes the same. Spiced. I don't really taste a major difference. Oh, you know what uh, energy drink tastes really good? The one that you recommended the other day, Jason, that I had. Oh, no. Uh, it was a Kaz. It's a... Oh, man. I'm going to blow it. It's a new one. It's... Guru? 
Is it Guru? Guru, yeah, Guru. Yeah. I almost got those at the uh, gas station. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. They're like grape or something? I don't know. I just did a whole flat on my truck driving back from the interior. No <laughs> oh way. A God. whole flat? <laughs> well, there oh, and back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't so bad. That makes well, sense. Well, it's not crazy here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I just came back from the 23rd annual Neil Edgeworth Memorial Bank Slalom. And it's like unofficial Canadian championships. Of bank slalom in Canada, and uh, can you can you explain? Yeah, okay. so snowboarding bank slalom is it's basically a left and right um, track, left and rights, with the, the turns all bermed, banked, and uh, now we're all laymen. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so it's the original snowboard event in the world. The bank slalom was the Mount Baker bank slalom many years ago in the eighties, and then this is our version of it. This is the twenty third annual, and. Uh, all the national team was there, all the World Cup guys, all the big big mountain heavy hitter free riders were there, and and uh, I won the 50-plus class, and I got the third fastest overall time. Wow. <laughs> I got how many people? 150 racers. Wow. Yeah. So I got beat by two pros and uh, the current World Cup guys. You don't consider yourself a pro? Well, I never really made money. Uh, snowboarding, you know, like I got free trips and stuff. I made money mountain biking, but never snowboarding. Even though I raced professionally back in the day, I raced World Cup. I didn't actually make money, so I'm not going to take on the pros. Not regularly, I go in 50 plus class, sandbag those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sandboarder too, right? Yeah, so. yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's super fun, just like full G forces. You're like, and you're like bored, is like level with your head, and you're rounding these giant bobsled turns. I think there was 18 men or uh, man-made. Giant berms, huge machine-built berms, and then I uh, went into the halfpipe for another, like, six turns and finished on the bottom. It was so cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Very, very, very so fun. In the winter, are you do you put the bike away and just mostly snowboard, or you mix it up, or what's kind of, what does Tippy do in the off time? I ride my bike because, you know, we live here in North Van, and I live in Deep Cove, so it rains a lot. It's wet, but... You know, the trails are so used to the moisture that you can ride, you know, some of the rockier trails without damaging them. And so I can ride pretty much year-round. Um, but I do put the bike away a little bit just because I ride and I'm on the road 180 days a year traveling, working and, and you know, being Brett Tippy and doing things and announcing and guiding and coaching and doing all the different things that I do. Um, so that I actually snowboard quite a bit in the winter and I just kind of like get myself refreshed for a full full throttle pin season of mountain biking so um i'm actually a snowboard addict i love powder i love ice i love crud i love hard pack everything i just love it and uh we live in bc so we we like you know if you live in the north shore of hawaii you should surf if you live here you should snowboard because it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) people have come around the world to come ride our snow because we have such good snow and a lot of it right so did you start snowboarding first or biking <clears throat> I was biking first in general. Um, you know, I started riding a tricycle when I was like three or something, and then a bicycle when I was, you know, four or five, five I guess. Um, and then different bikes growing up. But uh, I started snowboarding in 83, and uh, I started mountain biking in 83. Tried them both in 82, and then really started getting into it in 83. Mm. So I think I, I was biking first, but then I was snowboarding, and then I was mountain biking after. Because mountain bikes had to kind of had to be invented. <laughs> yeah, they weren't around. <laughs> Did you ever get into skiing? Yeah, I skied from um, 
six years old till I was 13, till I tried snowboarding. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I, I'm a snow surfer. I like this better. Okay. Yeah, it got yeah I started off snowboarding and then I went to skis. Oh, wow. Yeah, now I kind of am. I'd like to try snowboarding again. Yeah. But I just like going forward. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not the strongest skier, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Or, or snowboarder. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like going forwards. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's like for hard pack and like general conditions, you're symmetrical and you've got independent suspension with each leg, you know? Right. Um, and so it's easier and more high performance probably on the hard pack with skis. But then when you get in the soft snow and you've got such a big wide board that it floats so easy that that might be easier. I don't know. I don't know exactly what, but I have two daughters and they're both skiers. They want to be skiers. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, I love snowboarding and, you know, the snowboarding that I did helped me um, get into like free riding and then eventually racing and it really actually changed the way I looked at riding bicycles and the way the industry looked at riding bicycles just because um, free riding came earlier to snowboarding than it did to mountain biking. People were so gung-ho on racing back then with the Lycra and I will beat you because you will not beat me, ha-ha mentality, right, you know, and... People were already just jamming free riding, and people were riding bikes, but not really free riding, you know, the terrain and riding steeps and jumping off stuff. And so, what we did in snowboarding, or what was happening in snowboarding, affected mountain biking and kind of um, promoted the the free ride mentality in the bike world. I listened to your podcast with Schley, and uh, I loved hearing about your childhood in Kamloops and yeah. meeting Schley and just uh, I think there was a few stories about you and a baseball bat, maybe. As well. Oh, yeah, That's I've had some baseball bat fights. <laughs> 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 I won. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Kamloops? I haven't spent a ton of time, but I love it. It's, uh, actually, we're headed there this, this weekend. weekend. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're going to, well, Savona, which is not Kamloops. Savona. sorry. You can ah, always tell where someone's from, by the way, they say Savona. <laughs> Savona. I was trying to Are say you from it, the lower right? mainland? You must be. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's funny because I was the one guy on the call that said, hey, guys, aren't we all saying it wrong? And now I blew it. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Um, Cows is super fun. It's like um, super gorgeous in a desolate, deserty, arid kind of way. It is gorgeous. It's got the wicked light down the valleys. And um, it's uh, it's kind of rough, you know, a little, little rough around the edges. A little blue collar. Pretty pretty tough place to grow up lots of hockey fights on every corner and and you know um a lot of like miners and loggers and you know ranching like all the kids i went to school with were super tough you know (laughs) missing teeth and fingers and from like machinery and scars all over from people just doing work and this life right but uh there's a really sporty mentality there and it's like the tournament capital of bc because mm-hmm. it's kind of like central and people come from different places to have tournaments so team sports are quite prominent there and um i think you know you, you learn a good sporty way of life by living there because people are into the outdoors and um you learn a lot of different things from playing you know team sports with people and then you have this wicked terrain where you can have the thompson river for water skiing and jet boating and wakeboarding and um the mountains are there for dirt biking and mountain biking and there's snow for skiing powder snowboarding powder and just good thermals if you're into skydiving or all these different sports anything you want to do you just go outside and do it there and there's no real laws and the terrain around here is quite governed because there's only so much of it right and everything's just wide open there so you're just like out in the hills doing what you want to do and no one really knows what you're doing because you're out in the middle of nowhere 
And so it's a great place to grow up. I thought it was awesome. And uh, I feel very, very fortunate to, to have been you know, raised in Kamloops, in BC, in Canada in general. We're very, all very lucky, but especially mm-hmm. for me coming from Kamloops. So growing up, you weren't much afraid of the outdoors. You found yourself wandering out into the Kamloops outback. Yeah, like uh, I moved there in 77 and my parents bought a house. And right on the backside of my house was just open hills. Like it's just... We lived, I lived on the edge <laughs> of town. <laughs> but literally I did, because I, I go my back door, and then the trails would just go spreading out my backyard, and you cross the highway, and then you're just into the hills. And um, I would take my, my dirt bike after school and go ripping around forever, and every different side of town, and then eventually a mountain bike, when the mountain bikes were invented, and would go mountain biking in different places. And then I'd hike up there in the winter with my snowboard and go find some little valleys with traps snow in it and snowboard, and then snowboard or bike down into my parents backyard which was quite steep and rowdy and like that was i think some of the steepest earliest free riding i did was going into my parents backyard and seeing if i could make it without bleeding each time and uh yeah so yeah lots of outdoors lots to do when you think back um are you with friends doing that are you are you alone i find yeah i see you out there alone a lot you're not afraid to get out there solo yeah no i'm I'm fine with that like you know it's always fun to do something with somebody but um i don't mind being alone too and i like being alone because i'm pretty talkative and pretty social and really (laughs) (laughs) and i love people you know but i love being by myself too because it's a it's just a, a different world, and you're on yourself, you're on your own, and when you're self reliant, you just have get a special empowering like kind of feeling, you know. When it's like, let's say you're riding a double black diamond on the dark side, and then it's raining, and you're at night, and you're like, okay, here's that crux move. Ah, maybe I shouldn't do this time by myself, and then you're like, screw it, I'm doing it, <laughs> and then you do it, and then you're like. Out the bottom, like, oh, I live. <laughs> I can do anything. Rawr! You feel like a champ, yes, right? Yes. It's such a good feeling. For sure. It's stupid. If you got hurt and you say you couldn't access your phone and you couldn't get help, you could be done, right? But at the same time, yeah, it's just nice to clip on the cape a bit and, you know, pull a superior move. <laughs> it's an amazing feeling to have that adrenaline rush at the bottom of something and it's like an indescribable feeling. And Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you quickly become a junkie and you need it more. You need it again. Right. You need to go hit something scarier. Totally. I am the man. Until yeah. next time. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I have a lot of, of friends who do sporty things, but when I when I started snowboarding, there wasn't a lot of friends to do that with. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I had to convert people from skiing into snowboarding to have people to snowboard with. Otherwise, I was doing it by myself. And then when I started free riding bikes, people weren't riding down vertical stuff and like jumping off cliffs and stuff. They were like, we're going, we're going for a mountain bike ride. We're not going to ride with that tippy guy. He's going to make us try and jump off stuff. <laughs> guy's an idiot he's crazy <laughs> you know and so i'd had to convert people to try free riding and then they're like hey that's really cool this works and then you had more people to fr- free ride with how did you get a hold of all these cool things like bikes and snowboards uh, were you buying it yourself or parents buy for i had made my first snowboard wow a piece of wood cardboard or uh, plywood and then i made wooden steps on the front of it and then i uh, screwed through it diagonally and then i sanded it out and then i took strips of bmx tires and screwed them onto the board to put your feet under these little loops, rubber oh, loops, shank, shin, snake belly tires. Then I had inner tubes over the heels to hold you in. <laughs> and uh, it was a hand-built board. I'm sampling that for a sound effect. That was a beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And uh, my first mountain bike, um, I saved up. Uh, I just cut lawns, you know, washed cars, and uh, my little bit of allowance that I got. 
Uh, I bought my first bike in 83, a Kuhara, uh, from my friend Kent Williams up in Nutsford. And then he took me on a ride from his parents' farm in the edge of, outside of town, like 15 kilometers out of town, down through these, like, cow paths, down into Peterson Creek, right into the city. It was also blew my mind. My first shuttle. I was like, <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> I still go back and ride that trail, even though you're not supposed to, but, um, so yeah, I, I saved up and made bought money. And my, my parents would help me a little bit, but uh, you know, my dad was a teacher, my mom was a nurse. They weren't really well off, but they they weren't poor either. But um, I basically they made me like have jobs to buy your own stuff because then you treat it better, right? What was your favorite job? My favorite job. Hmm. Well, I tree planted for nine years, and that made me really strong. Yeah. Because you're hike out, you know, planting a thousand trees or two thousand trees, depending on what kind of train it is. And so I had muscles in places most people didn't have places. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd come in and my my snowboard competitors were like, you know, looking at me, and I'm just like ripped, and I'm like, wow, I've been hiking up and down mountains, you know, for months at an end. Totally. So that was pretty good for that. It was boring, you know, um, but you're all in nature, and there's cougars and bears watching you while you're planting away. Um, Would you rather wash the cars or plant the trees? The, the plant the trees because then you make more money and then you could do sports when you're not working. You know, washing the cars don't only pay so much. Did you ever work a retail job or at a bike shop? Where never a retail, bikes? never a bike shop. Always physical, always like a uh, PE class that you get paid for. Mm. That's yeah. a good way to think of it. Yeah, basically. I've, uh, you know, I've been a server at Earl's. No way. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> really? I built fences around swimming pools. I've done some paving. This brings uh, us back to how good-looking you are. Yeah, Serving exactly. at Earl's, uh, there's yeah. a bar. There's the a bar the lady there. manager hired me because I was good-looking, and I was like, oh, thanks, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just there to, to, to meet girls anyway, so I yeah. was like, okay, this is awesome. But then, actually, I went to uh, Whistler, and I had a, a, I think what the shift is called, where it's like a potential shift, on-call shift type thing. And so I... <laughs> I got a wicked powder day up at Blackcomb when I called from a payphone and <laughs> up at the rendezvous lodge. I said, yeah, do I have to come to work today? And they're like, yes. And I go, what? I thought I didn't. And he goes, it was a maybe, but yes, you do. And I go, but I'm at the top of Whistler right now. Well, you better hurry. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So I straight lined down at the bottom and I had, I had no vehicle at the time, so I hitchhiked down to Vancouver. Uh, but before I hitchhiked, I was running out past the parking lot and I just said to some guy, are you going to Vancouver? And he's like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I need a, a ride to work. And he's like, hop in. And so he gave me a ride <laughs> down there. It turns out he was the owner of HO uh, Water Sports. And he eventually became the owner of all the um, snowboard shops, the uh, board house. No way. Yeah. And so I got a connection. Then he ended up sponsoring me to go to one of my first World Cup, to my first World Cup racing. Oh, no way. Yeah. We're out like very, very cosmetically. So there you have it, kids. Hitchhike. <laughs> yeah. Might bring you opportunities. It does. It does. I've met so many people <laughs> and I've learned how to talk to strangers and people. And I used to hitchhike everywhere to all these different contests and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It uh, was crazy. Any nightmare uh, uh, hitchhiking situations? Either you're the driver or the passenger. No, I actually got a ride out of Vancouver in the fog once. And I was sitting there. For hours, and I wasn't getting any, people could barely see me. It was, you know, foggy again sometimes, mm. right? And this 280Z uh, Datsun went by, wow, and then locked up, <laughs> backs up, spitting gravel. And the guy falls out of the passenger seat with a, like a, a milk container full of orange juice and vodka. Hop in, dude, just wasted. And I'm like, no, oh, I've been there for hours. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I load my snowboard into the back of this car. 
and then the and I hop in this little miniature back seat. My knees are up by my left ear, and the guy just rips away. And they're both sitting there drinking, taking turns in this orange juice and, and vodka thing. And they're like, what, 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 right up to Fisker in the speed, almost hitting people, and it's swerving at the last minute. And I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Like these guys are like going for it. You can barely have time to see anyone come up, and they're, they're switching. If you have to switch lanes, or someone else there, we were we were gonna hit somebody. So I thought I gotta get these guys talking and I get their mind off me. I'm ready, race car drivers, and I'm like looking mm-hmm. for something to talk about. And I'm like looking in the back seat, and there were some goggles and some gloves. And I go, oh, you guys must be skiers. And they're like, huh? Uh, yeah, kinda. Why do you ask? I go, I saw the gloves in the in the toque in the back. Oh, is there some? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Then they went through the tape machine. There were still tapes back in the day before CDs. And they're like pulling out these tapes and throwing out the window. Oh, that's junk. Oh, that's junk. What's this? That's junk. Oh, Robert Plant, right on. He's against some Robert Plant. And I'm like, is this a stolen car? And they're like, yeah, dude. Second one we got today. I'm no. like, what? They go, look at the ignition. I look at the ignition. There's no key in the ignition. There's like a half pair of scissors taken <laughs> apart, jammed in. And they're like, I'm like, whoa. I go, what would you do if the cops lit up the lights behind you right now? We'd drive into a residential area, drive like Dukes of Hazard, and then ditch and leave you there with the vehicle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. They go, okay, uh, you said, where'd you say you're going? And I go, Kamloops. And I go, okay, there's a shopping mall up here. Let's, we'll go get you a car. We can get any Datsun, uh, Mazda RX-7s. We got an extra pair of keys here. We'll get your car. We'll get one with gas. You want one? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they let me off eventually, and then they ripped off in the stolen car, and I was just scratching my head going, wow, that was, that was kind of nuts. So was that the worst, the scariest, or the best uh, hitchhiking yeah. experience? Because <laughs> they got me to where I was going to the next turnoff quite fast. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like a seems efficient. And now I know how to steal a car. <laughs> Although of, I've never needed it. Speaking of fast cars, you just went to the Daytona 500 with Pit Viper. Pit Viper, I just signed with Pit Viper, and then they asked me if I wanted to go help unveil the new Pit Viper slash Money Team um, car. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, driven by uh, Kaz Gralla. And uh, I said, sure. It was crazy. It, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I got there, I got off the plane, and I got picked up by a guy named Scummy uh, Dean. <laughs> Scummy Deaner. Okay. He just had his hair lit on fire by Steve-O from Jackass. Oh, okay. And right after Daytona, he was on his way to Costa Rica to get bitten by fire ants for the Discovery Channel. Right. He's a bit of a madman. He's all like, I, hey, I bro. Ju- I just watched... Um, uh, Poopies get his hand nearly bitten off on Discovery. Like he's one of the Jackass guys. I don't know if you guys saw that Poopies? clip. Poopies. 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 He's the newest one of the newest Jackass oh, uh, cool. members. I did see that. No, clip. I haven't seen that yet. He he. They do a. There's like a little kicker in the water, and they jump it. I think on a jet ski. They, he lands and almost immediately gets his arm bitten by a shark. And he's a breathing. shark. A shark. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a sharks in the water, <laughs> and he's bleeding profusely. And they put two tourniquets on. I think they pronounce it tourniquet. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has turned a key up here, up north. And, uh, yeah, he's, he, his hand don't work so good anymore. Gnarly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you got for messing yeah. with. Sounds yeah. pretty poopy to me. Yeah, yeah right. Poop situation. <laughs> poopy deal. So who, Scummy Dean? Scummy, scummy, scummy <laughs> Deaner. Scummy De- Deaner. Scummy Deaner. Pick okay. me up in the fully um, masked, airbrushed, um, Oh, I, I thought you were going to say oh. it's a, it was a Datsun with the, the scissors in the... In <laughs> no, the right. He's still out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you grew into this guy. No, it was a limo all done out with Pit Viper logos. Okay. Yeah. And so he picked me up and um, 
first gas station we went to, some attractive blonde was like, can I get a picture with you in the car? I'm like, sure. So I scooped up from my arms. <laughs> I posted it. My wife's like, you're not even four to 15 minutes and you got a hot blonde in your arms. What the hell? <laughs> Hard at work, eh? <laughs> I'm networking. Hard, right. hard comma at work. Right, exactly. You know, she meant to do that. She's yeah, pretty good yeah, with okay. the words. Nice. And so then we got to the Daytona 500 itself and we checked out the track. And um, then they said, okay, it's time to go for the Fit Viper Daytona 500 Go-Kart Invitational. And I'd heard about this, so I brought a motocross helmet down with the new Pit Viper brass strap goggles. And we went to the track, and everyone's getting their helmets and stuff, and I did my, uh, you know, uh, insurance form real quick, liability form, and was doing that. And then I grabbed a couple of pairs of Pit Vipers out of the car, and I went to the guys who worked there. I go, Psst, hey, guys, here's a pair of Pit Vipers. What's the track secret? There's always a track secret. And they went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's one boost button, you know, per lap. If you're going to use it, use it in the back straightaway on the straightaway, you know, so you can make use of all that speed. And if it's busy, save it for the hill climb because it's two different floors. There's an uphill and a downhill. Oh. I'm like, perfect. And they go, but you should ask that guy over there because he's got the course record. I'm like, oh, cool. So I went over there. I go, hey, man, here's a pair of pit vipers. What's the course record besides the boost button? And he's like, oh, you know about the boost button? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, well, when you come do the downhill, stay to the outside, go really wide, wait, don't cut in when you can. Wait, wait, be patient, cut in super tight, get your direction early, and you'll have good speed for the next four corners. Those are the two sec- uh, two track secrets. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So we got into the, the cars. We started racing and started applying um, those two secrets. Plus, I'd gone to Richmond and gone go-karting before I left and went did 24 laps with my buddy Andrew Baker. Nice. And practiced because I heard this was happening. And so I started just passing people and working it and, you know, using the boost button on the back stretch when I could. When it was busy, I usually for the hill climb. I won the first race. I beat, like, all the pit, uh, the pit Viper staff, the money team staff. <laughs> One of Pastrana's buddies, uh, Jim York, was there. He races uh, stock cars, and he uh, is the driver for Pastrana's cigar boat. Well, Pastrana runs the throttle. He's the driver. He's supposed to win everything, right? Yeah. And uh, I beat him. <laughs> He's supposed to. Four tenths of a second. <laughs> and the next race, I won by three tenths of a second. And then they're like, they're all looking at like, who's Brett Tibby? I'm like, do you know Brett Tibby? I don't know, but do you know Brett Tibby? Like, and then they're like, all these different professional athletes, and then Pit Viper staff and money team guys. They're like, that's Brett Tibby over there. like, Oh, hey, dude, what, what professional race car experience you got? Are you from the rally world? I'm like, no, I, I'm a mountain biker <laughs> and a snowboarder. I drive to the ski hill really fast. And they're like, we're going to get you this time, Mr. Canada. And I'm like, okay. So then we did the third race, and then um, I won that one by three one-hundredths of a second. Oh, man. It was awesome. <laughs> I almost broke my arm and pat myself on the back. <laughs> It makes me wonder about trail secrets are there, or uh, course secrets. Right. Uh, is there a course secret on like every mountain bike track, every snowboard track, or is it something that's... Ask Wade Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there always is. But then um, it got crazy because we went out partying that night, went out to the clubs, and you know we were joined by the money team guys because the Pit Viper car is half owned by Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, 15-0 record. Mm-hmm. He's made $1.1 billion in his career. Um, his... Uh, money team was half owners of the Pit Viper car. So we went up with those guys and we're partying away and I was having a Red Bull when this very attractive brunette little Latino girl comes up to me and she's probably like 23 years old and she goes, I like your smile. I go, all my teeth are fake. I got them knocked up mountain biking. She's like, what? Really? Who did that work? And I'm like, Dr. Joe Willardson from Las Vegas. No way. And I go, yeah, he does Miss Nevada, Miss America. He does like the Natural Circus, motocross guys. We start talking, blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden she goes, I like you. Would you consider taking me on a first date? And I'm like looking at this 
gorgeous girl. And I'm like, no, no, I, 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 I can't. I'm married. And she goes, I figured as much, but I, I don't care. And I'm like, I do, I do. I'm happily married. <laughs> she goes, okay, well, if you change your mind, come find me. And she walks away, and I'm just scratching my head going, wow, that was crazy. When one of the Floyd Mayweather money team guys leans over, this big, stocky Italian dude, he goes, dude, what are you doing? That's the greenest light I've ever seen one. And I'm like, dude, I'm married, man. He goes, she must be a pretty special lady turning that down. And I'm like, yeah, she is. You know, I, we go riding, and we, we work, you know, work together. And she saved me from drug addiction. And he goes, what? Drug addiction? Aren't you one of the pit viper you know, athletes? I'm like, yeah. Aren't you the mountain biker? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what's your story? So I told him my story. And I told him how my wife, Sarah, helped you know, save me from drug addiction. And I learned a few things from rehab. I applied as well. I also actually applied a few things I read from a Tony Robbins motivational book. He's like, what? Which one? I went, ultimate power. And he's like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah. He goes, Tony Robbins is one of my friends. He's got to hear this. You got to meet him. He's got to meet you. Here, here's my number. Take my number. Come come stay with me in New York. You got to meet Tony Robbins. We go for dinner all the time. My best friend growing up is his online video tour manager. You got to meet Tony. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I got his number. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And then, so the next day at the uh, Daytona, my friend, elementary school buddy from Kamloops, who lived up where we started like the first mountain bike shuttle I've ever did, Jason White, was racing. In the Daytona 500, he was in, there's four different races down there. There's the truck class, two ARCA car classes, and then the cup race, the big one. He was in the truck class in one of the ARCA cars. He was in seventh place in the truck race, racing a Dunout Tundra, going into the last lap. Seventh place. Half a lap left. They're all jostling for positions, you know, because they're all teaming up and drafting up until that last few laps, and then it's like every man for himself, and they're all just like going for the podium, you know, or the, or the win, and he got put into the wall at 192 miles an hour. With half a lap left. He's fine. He's okay. Oh, wow. But it was pretty crazy. But I did a podcast with him down there, and then we hung out, and um, we cruised around and gave a bunch of pit vipers away to the people, and people were partying so hard. <laughs> Fighter jets going by overhead, the national anthem, people with, like, art, like thousands of RDs in the middle of the trace track, and they're, like, getting down home and partying. It was insane. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy trip. I was excited to see you down there, man. Like, yeah. I, it seems like... A pit Viper is a perfect partner for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It can yeah. be a better match. It was so hot. I was making games up, you know, with a group of strangers. I go, hey, the loudest person here gets some Pit Vipers. And people are like, wah! Okay, you're the loudest. Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you win. Yeah. The first person to uh, imitate a race car the best gets a pair of Pit Vipers. Wah! 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 Awesome. And like, I have a different contest. And this one, I go, the best car crash wins. And this girl runs up with a beer can and goes, <laughs> pair of Pit Vipers. So we gave away boxes and boxes and boxes of pit vipers. We're on the last night, um, and <laughs> we're cruising around with the limo, just hitting different parties because there's like hundreds of hundreds, if not thousands, of little parties all inside the racetrack, everywhere you go. But we had one pair of pit vipers left to give away, and so we pull up with the, the limo to this party. There's a few hundred people just giving her, and I'm like, "All right, everybody, how's it going?" They're like, "Yay, pit viper!" We're like, yeah. And I go. I've got the last free pair of Pit Vipers for the first person that can beat me in a thumb wrestle. <laughs> and I'm a really good thumb wrestler. Yeah. And so I thumb wrestled 38 people and I just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. And then one, I was so fatigued, I was so arm pumped, you know, I could barely even squeeze my hand. <laughs> Some guy beat me on, on match number 39 and he got the last free pair of Pit Vipers. And we filmed that and yeah, it was kind of like the, the end of the trip. Dave, can you thumb wrestle Tippy right oh, now? No, absolutely not. Please. I'm looking at his hands right now, and can, can I'm we, terrified. Come on, Jason. Could you, Jason, could you please uh, break my comment, finger? Do commentary. Yeah, yeah. Dave, uh, Dave, 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 Dave,
Dave, please. I don't even know. How. Okay. 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 Well, how do you how do you start? Do we uh, do we need <laughs> any rules to go over One, here? One, two, two, three, four. four. I declare a thumb war. Done. Okay, Boom. and that was it. That, I had no time to commentate. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing some wrestlers on there, and the six foot nine guy shows up, and everyone goes, "Oh, Davis is here! Come on, Davis!" Davis thunders, and I look up at him. I'm like, I'm at nipple level, <laughs> and I look up, and he's this monster, and his hands, his thumbs were like twice as long as mine. He went for the first fake. I, I gave it to him, and he went for it. And I just wrapped around. Bam! Done in like three seconds. <laughs> What, what, what's, what's something you're not good at? Like a sport, something athletic that you, you're miserable at? Pool. Pool. Oh. I cannot play pool. It oh, okay. just doesn't line Let's up with my pool. brain. I, I think, think he's sandbagging right now. He wants us to put money down. And he's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> no, I'm actually really bad at pool. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I know you're guessing. Yeah, even if he's not good at something, you're still scared. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how are the energy levels, guys? Mine are rising. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's have a salute. <laughs> Yay! <Yes! laughs> My heart is racing. <laughs> we, we, what's a drink that'll calm us down? What's the antidote? It's called a foggy Datsun. <laughs> Do we have that? That's, okay. That's from a story. <laughs> foggy Datsun. Yeah, exactly. Right? That'll calm you down. You know what else I'm looking at? Singing. If I could sing, I would be a rock star. I could remember the lyrics. I could do all the drugs. I could like dance around on stage. I could, you know, go without sleep. I could do everything that a rock star could do. You have a rap written though, except for sing. You what about rapping? They call me Brati, the Indian lover. I validate the claim under the cover. When I go to town, no. <laughs> where did that? What? What's that from? I remember you. We you one time you asked me to make a rap video for you. I don't know. I can't That's really remember right. any details. That's right. There's yeah, that was years ago. Somewhere on a notepad, you got a rap written. Yeah, or I, I, got a bunch. I got a bunch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, what, were there any uh, huge crashes at the Daytona? Oh, tons. Yeah. Dude, cars flipping upside down. You like catch oh, wow. an air and they get flipped and then wheels flying and body, uh, body parts. Oh, uh, car car parts. parts. Oh, okay. Car body parts flying everywhere and like every. Then they have like these. Dial teams that would come in and they'd clean the the broken you know vehicles off the track and they had these giant like leaf blowers like uh, on trucks that they just blow all the debris down the track no off, way wow. off the track and then with the VIP pass I was literally from me to you Jason from the well, another three feet basically one lane away from the cars coming into the pits wow That's forty crazy. different cars and I was checking them out and the lug nuts are flying and new wheels speed gas they rip out of there and i go to the next booth and different styles people yelling at each other super aggro and then somewhere like very precision deep down south you know he got that yeah you know, worn out left tire because he locked them up a little bit there those tires are gonna blow yeah no problem billy bob we're gonna get some new rubber on there and then probably another 20 laps and we were gonna win this race well super casual high performance and different styles it was really cool but i was literally like 12 feet from the cars as it came into the pits that's so cool yeah i never 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 seen anything quite i was like gonna that. say had you been to an ascar event before do you have a newfound respect now for the sport well yeah like they they are good at going fast and my friend Jason White gave me the lowdown on how they they team up and and will work together to draft each other and mm. save fuel. And you know, if you're a rookie, you have a yellow sticker on your bumper. And once you have, have the yellow sticker gone, then people will work with you more to to deem you safe enough to be around and not do anything sketchy or stupid, you know. And then they'll work together, even 
you know, certain cars have the same sponsors or sub-sponsors and they'll work together until the last few laps and every man for themselves, right? But it's the whole dynamics of fluttering the throttle and, and getting someone to pull you along and saving gas and then beating them because you've got gas that you saved from them breaking the wind and all this strategy. It was so fascinating that I didn't really know about, you know? So yeah, ex- totally. excuse me for being a layman, but is it 500 laps? No, I, I thought it was. It's 500 miles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how many laps is that? So it's like two point something miles. So it's like 200 and something laps. Okay. Yeah. And then they have like little mini races within the race. They have like the first part, the second part, and then they'll reset them at certain sections to keep it interesting. And so someone just doesn't get lapped and they're just out the back, right? Okay. And so I, I don't know exactly how that works, but. How fast would a car burn through all of their fuel? How many times would they burn through a tank in a race? It seems like they're fueling up like two to three times, I would say. Three times mm. for sure, I think. Mm. And can they, is there a higher capacity or is they just, they fill it up halfway for weight or is it full every time? It, it depends on what's happening. Because if you get out the back from a, a group, you know, they might just give you a, a, a thing. I'm hypothesizing sure. here myself. I yeah. don't exactly know, but it seemed like sometimes they would just give you what you could get while the tires are being changed and keep it all flowing, you know, and there's a bit of strategy of where you are and it changes all the time because of, um, you know, Sometimes there's like a, a crash with a different group and then you have a chance to come into the pits when you didn't before. So then you have a chance to do it then or should you do it then? And there's all these things I don't actually know how it works, but it, it's what I did notice that it, there was no set formula. There was like reading the situation as it goes on. If there's a crash, come in and get gas, get new tires. If there's time, if there's not, keep out there, stretch them out to the end and then maybe do it later. Like it's just, you had to be really um, interpretive and uh improvisational yeah a lot of nuance to it mm-hmm. so uh, it's a huge party scene down there how, how do you keep your cool down there it's sober for many, oh, many I'm partying years my brains uh, out. still partying i, I don't like, need booze to party anymore yeah. or hard drugs that's what i learned you know like when you're younger you think you need that i don't need anything to go have a good time i can have a good time mm. i'm wasted right now <laughs> <laughs> on half a can of red bull <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or without, like, without half a can of red bull i just i yeah if you want to be happy if you want to be outgoing if you want to be in a good mood put yourself in a good mood you know what I mean? Like, if, if you want to, if you're young and you want to go talk to girls and you need a couple of beers to do it, grow, grow a set. Go, go say hi to her. You don't need booze to to do anything. It's, yeah, sure, it's fine. And a lot of people, it does. It loosens them up and lowers inhibitions. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, I've gotten older in my life and I realized at one point that I don't need that. And a lot of people don't need that, but they think they do. Mm. And so I still party, and I'm around people who are partying, but I don't have any temptation to do it because I've done enough to kill six horses. You know what I mean? Like so. Maybe you have to go through that. Maybe you don't, but I just, you know, maybe you just can learn it, luckily. So for those of you who can learn that, do it. But you know what they say, alcoholics go to meetings, drunks go to parties. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that one? Alcoholics go to meetings, drunks go to parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's up to you, though. I, but I, I like to party. I still like to socialize. Um, I just don't get wasted on substances to party. It's all, it's all what you interpret it to be at. Are you uh, getting an important text message here? Yes. Can I answer that? No. Uh, uh, you have to read it out on the air, though. No, I was going to. It's a, it was a phone call. Okay. Um, from the uh, snowboard organizer of the event. Oh. Saying yeah. we have to uh, <clears throat> reclaim your prize. You uh, you uh, you didn't follow the rules. Yeah. Are you still? Maybe I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, other exciting uh, trips like the NASCAR race coming up with Pit Viper or anybody else that you're working with? That you- kind of let us in on or? oh coming up well I, I do the standards they like in the mountain bike world you tend to do a lot of the same trips a year like you know you hit the 
uh, Riva de Garda is the first big outdoor mountain bike festival in the world. And then Sea Otter. And then you go through, I go through and I do the BC Cups and Canada Cups. Yep. And then, um, you know, sprinkled with some photo shoots and, and video shoots. And then, you know, I end up doing Crankworks Whistler. And I should do the um, old Crankworks tour working with Pink Bike and just follow it through the, the series, you know. Um, so I'm actually going to Sea Otter and Riva de Garda here soon. Yeah. Uh, like a couple of weeks, I guess. Right. Right, so I'm going to do a podcast with Envy Wheels and then just cruise on the pits and hit all my sponsors and then just talk to people and it's a good place to be. So I'll be hitting that soon. Are you excited that uh, Joyride's back? Or maybe you, I guess it's it's always kind of was here, but it was different, right? No, no it, not Joyride. No, not Joyride. Crankworks. Crankworks, Crankworks, yeah. Crankworks Whistler. Yeah, I'm excited back. for it. I miss it. I love yeah. Crankworks. Uh, yeah. I met I met my wife at Crankworks. I asked her to marry me at Crankworks. We got married at Crankworks. Oh, so no cool. way. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I so Crankworks cool. is a part of our lives. And um just all the best riders come there and you see the best riders in the world jamming trails that you ride yourself and you see how it's really done, you know, and like it's just cool. And just the, the nightlife is happening, the races in the day are happening, the socializing, you're rubbing elbows with everybody. It's just like, and it's right here in our backyard. It's right here. Yeah. You must have been around for the earlier days of the festival, like Crankworks. Went back when it was Kokanee Crankworks. And oh, I was I was here before there was a bike park. Before there was a bike park. Like <laughs> me and Richie Slade tried to get, you know, them to put mountain bikes on the trailer forever. And they're like laughed at us. <laughs> mm. And then they did a few races on Blackcomb where they, you know, we carried the bikes up on the chair and then they had races and it was pretty successful. And they're like, we should do mountain bikes on the chairlift. <laughs> I mean, Richie, you're like, that's what we've been telling you. <laughs> 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 then they did it, you know, and then Patty Kay and, and then the crew and, and, you know, the Blackcomb or the Whistler staff made, made it happen. And, and then Crankworks went to Sun Peaks for a bit, you know, or it was, um, what was it called before it was uh it was joyride joyride mm -hmm. went to Cam uh, sun peaks and then they started crankworks and whistler and so then it just kind of blew up into that then they called the slope style joyride in honor of their early days and stuff but yeah it's just a cool party and a lot of good riding and yeah. a little festival do you have a favorite part of crankworks that you look forward to any any particular thing i just love the socializing um <laughs> i i really like you know, I actually enjoy deep summer because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not a, a racer. You know, I, I was all, I was racing my mouth on the microphone. <laughs> so, so deep summer is a photo challenge. Okay. Uh, photographers, uh, how many teams? Maybe five or six teams? Yeah, five or six teams. They get three days in Whistler to put together a slideshow. No, three days to shoot. Okay. And one day to put it together. Okay. Didn't you put together our winning show? I did, yeah. I yeah. put together Ali DeLulo's Right, show. we, we yeah. won best of show. Yeah, we won, and it was, that was really yeah. good. the best night ever. Yeah, it I was, was awesome. I didn't think we were going to win, and then I was so excited. Yeah, like the <laughs> third place got called up, and then second place, and we're yeah. like, okay, we either didn't get on the podium or we won. It's, yeah. This is the moment of truth. And the winner is... Ali DeLulo! <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I think we lifted him up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who was on that team? It was uh, Cam Zink, Gully. Andreu. Andreu, Lacondege, Richie and me. And then you put it together. Yeah. And Ali, you know, shot the photos. He did something too. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was super fun. And he only shot 11 hours. He had a little plan. We shot yeah, 11, 11 yeah. and a half hours of shooting. And uh, yeah. 
I wrote a gnarly line for that one. I had a big, big crash. Right, and I filmed that one. Yeah, I was thinking times. about that one. Yeah. Um, you know, me and Wade are the only people to ever try that line. Is that the rock? How, how do you describe yeah. this? Yeah. Like, I think that you could probably find this on Vimeo, on my Vimeo. You can find it on Pinkback under a huge tippy crash. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it, it, how do you describe this line? It's a rock roll that has a sharp um, BB crunching take uh, in roll. And then it's like, I don't know how steep it is, but it's like probably like 12, 14 feet down, like 70 degrees. And then it ends like in an eight foot drop like, into gnarly like, rocks. And then um, you have like 14 feet to get it together to turn right or you go off the next cliff. And it's and then and and you did that. You fell off the next cliff. I tried it four times. I made it once. I made it the first time, and then I crashed second time, third time, and fourth time. And you had the biggest bruise on your butt I've ever seen in oh, person. Oh yeah. You know what? After I saw you, it went from my butt to my hamstring and my back. It went from my shoulder blade down to my knee. It was like something out of like gnarlier than anything I've seen in a skateboard magazine or anything. Dave, <laughs> was, are you gonna look it up? It's a yeah, pink bike. It. Huge. Oh, you have it. Yeah. Well, let's watch it. Here it comes. All right. Let's watch it. We'll put it on the screen for those of you watching. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, you're a good man? There I am. Andrea. <laughs> you're a good man? <laughs> I'm like, Argh! That's it. Andrea's yeah. clip? Yeah, Andrea had my phone. Oh, and so, wild. yeah. Man, oh okay, man. Let's, let's, let's put this line this way. And when I first looked at it, I go, I'm going to go right down there. And Richie's like, You're not going to ride down there. Quick, waste our time. Like, we got a photo shoot to do. Let's go. I go, No, I'm going to do that. And he's like, You were not. I go, Yes, I am. Who was saying this? Richie Slay. Okay. And then Cam's like, like You're going to ride what? And I go, Down there. And he's like, I'll watch. <laughs> and then not so, saying something. Yeah, Zink Cam is saying Zink is that. Right. Still riding Rampage. Right. <laughs> we're the gnarliest mountain of all time. So yeah. then I did it. And, um, but she walks up and shakes his head and he shakes my hand. And he goes, you salty old dog. <laughs> and then Cam Zink comes, gives me a high five and he goes, Tiffy, you're batshit crazy. <laughs> Cam Zink said I was batshit crazy. I feel like a champ. Worth it. Worth and it. And so I made it, right? Yeah. So I made it and then I went back, but I only had a photographer. Scott Markets was shooting photos. And so I wanted to get it videoed mm. and going to get Ali to shoot photos of it. So I went and hit it a second and a third time and I crashed on both of them. That's the ones that you filmed. And no, I had I'd done it previously with uh, Connor McLeod, and I ate shit. And uh, then I went back and hit it a third and fourth time with you. I, every uh, time I ride by that thing at the Whistler Bike Park, I yeah. think of you. Yeah. I took Andre <laughs> Lacondegui there, and I, and I went and dropped it. And Andre goes, you're going to go where? And I go right down there, and then off that, and then turn right, and then I've, I've done it before. And he's like, never in my life I ride that line. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard him on the phone later, and he's like, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I do these 30-meter jumps, you know? These old Canadians, they're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I saw the best crash i ever seen, and I've seen it twice. <laughs> That's good. I, re I remember there was another line that uh, uh, it was, I don't, I don't want to describe it in detail because I don't want people to go to it, but it was a huge line that Adreo was was uh, contemplating for a long time, and yeah. I don't think he went for it because the G out at the bottom was way too harsh, Yeah. but you climbed up halfway. Yeah. Which was still really gnarly, and then you just dropped in on like the middle side of a rock face. Right, yeah, me and Zink it. did that. Yeah, Zink did it too, me and Zink. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and that line, this is a funny story. I went back to D, hopefully the first person to ride it from the top. 
Oh, yeah. The, the bottom part's all chunky rocks and quite steep. And, the, and there's basically a ditch at the bottom. Yeah, and there's a ditch at the bottom. Yeah. Full geo. You got to yeah. do your push-ups. And we were all sure. trying no to way. dig and fill it in that day, right? We were, like, wasting time digging. Yeah, yeah. Thing. No, there was digging. There was, we were trying to fill in those rocks. But yeah, it didn't really like work. That. You yeah. just have to muscle it out. Yeah. Keep it straight. But uh, no one's ever ridden it from the top. And so the chunky bottom half we did. And then I went and looked at it with Ali one time, just me and him. And I wanted to be the first person to do it. Another first descent in the bag, right? So these punks, what's up? <laughs> and so I get up there and I'm like looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm all ready to go. He's ready to go. I'm like, you ready? And he's like, ready? And I'm testing the, the traction on the front tire. But it's quite smooth, the first half of it. And it's not as steep, you know, but it's still steep enough that you're going to get cooking if you don't, if you lose any kind of traction. And if you air off the second part, you know, you could really hurt yourself. And so I'm looking at it. I'm testing the traction of the front tire. And I'm like, oh, there's not that much traction. There's like, am I going to be able to stop? And I tested it with the brake and i'm like and i slipped into the bike with the bike and i'm like whoa and then i fell in with my body and all of a sudden my bike sliding down the slope i'm supermaning down head first <laughs> down this rock what and i'm like i'm gonna air off halfway down and air 14 feet probably hurt my neck or my back and this is really bad this is this is not a good place to be and as i got to the middle section and hit all the sharp chunky rocks i felt them hit and dig my, into my chest muscles i swung my legs to the side at the same moment and that traction here on my chest and my legs, it spun me 180s. I went off the cliff and I fell around and landed in a three-point landing on the ground 14 feet down. Wha-bam! And stood up. And I'm like, I'm okay. And Allie's like... Oh, thank God! Yeah, I shot right to the end. Oh, thank God! Anyway, so I looked at my shirt and now the blood is like coming through my jersey on my chest. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And I look inside my neck and look at all the scratches on my chest... And one of the scratches went right through my nipple. It almost took off my nipple, my <laughs> left nipple. And I'm like, oh my God, it's still mostly there. If I took it all off, would it grow back? Hey man, did, did nipples grow back, Allie? Like what the, and if, if it doesn't grow back, can you get like, what do you do? Do you get artificial nipples? And wh if you get artificial nipples, where do you get artificial nipple adhesives? I don't know where to get yeah, uh, Las nipple Vegas adhesives. He yeah. does all the uh, American, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, anyways, I was he like. He does all the Nitro Circus nipples. Uh, go ask the Las Vegas guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. But I didn't know. As a, It was a more of an unknown yeah. right there. So, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can tattoo it back on if, if it doesn't come back. That's a good move. Anyways, my nipple grew back. but uh, You put it in milk after? After yeah. it fell off? <laughs> oh, it was gone. It was on the rock. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you call 500 yeah. Indians with no nipples? The Indian Nipples 500. <laughs> oh I'm Indian, native, because so I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Ah. All of our blood pressure went up like 30% in that moment. We're like, I'm not saying it. Is that a rock star or racism? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a crazy, pretty crazy line. And um, I, I don't know. I think, uh, has anyone done that line? Not sure, but if you uh, yeah, if, if you guys want to know what we're talking about, look up Ali Delulo's Deep Summer Slideshow, probably somewhere on Pink Bike or Vimeo or one First of the place. one mm -hmm. of the YouTube's. Yeah, you know, Ali's won that. He came back and he won the um, Whistler Ski and Snowboard Festival right. Pro Photographer Shootout right in the winter. Yep. Yeah. Um, but shooting like surf against surf photographers, skateboard photographers, ski photographers, he took on all the different sports. He won that. And then he was the first mountain bike photographer to win one of the Red Bull Alum Awards. Right. The creativity category. He won that. And um, he's like, uh, 
been killing it with the uh, with the photo contest. So yeah, props, I love Ali, man. He's he's. I love his confidence with shooting. I mean, mm-hmm. there's something to say about him like being so planned. And then I remember him just scrapping things, like being able to walk away from something. Ah, it's okay, it's okay. Because usually, as a photographer, or videographer, you always want one more. Like, oh, there's a little bit of light. Well, let's just keep shooting. You never right, know. Right, but right. he was so com- so confidently able to just kind of tie a bow on it, wrap, and yeah, go I, home. <laughs> I have it. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. No, Ali's fun, and he's um he's a good rider. He rides from in northern Italy, so he can ride around. But he's got a really good eye, and he makes you look like a champ. Like yep. you're, yeah, you're yeah. like, was I even there? Is that me? Yeah, I look good, <laughs> yeah. man. I can't. I didn't even know if I could do that. <laughs> he's, he sees life differently than yeah, yeah. He's got the, other people. the alley vision yeah. thing going on, and he's fun to hang out with. So, um, angry alley. Yeah, it's amazing that you've come so far. I think it was only up until like maybe a few years ago that you hadn't broken a bone ever. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've cracked a bone, but knock on wood, I've okay. never broken a bone. Yeah. I actually um, I cracked a rib in Portugal on a YT Industries capper shoot. And I was riding with a couple of their World Cup riders way over my head for a couple mm. laps, following these two guys. And I was just getting zesty and getting bounced around, like almost dying and then getting back together just to keep up, you know, with the boys or trying to. And then I just said, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm just, the third lap, we did the same thing. Then we're going to go somewhere else. I'm like, I'm just going to chill this run. Mm-hmm. And then I was hit a little drop like this. And... Um, it just, instead of airing it, I landed in the rocks, which we were really jumping right over, you know. And I bottomed out on my BB, and then I got flipped over the bars, and I saw these big rocks I was going into. So I'm like, okay, there's dirt here. So I threw myself into a front flip to take it like a man early in the dirt before I went into the rocks and really hurt myself. But there was one rock right where I hit, and it cracked my rib. And then I flipped up on my bike, ended up in a tree, nine feet up into a tree. And then I had to, like, go home. Um canada and then they're like yeah you fractured a rib and bruised a bunch of others i just uh cracked my first bone uh six weeks ago rib oh, yeah. your first bone yeah first bone yeah. oh wow okay well <laughs> to the club. thanks man yeah <laughs> yeah it feels terrible do your friends hate you because like when everyone gets hurt they're like how can you never get hurt are you an alien <laughs> what's wrong with you yeah i mean you usually say like you never crash that's what you said after I that's uh crashed. yeah he's he never crashes just, i don't i don't hate him for it i'm just like <laughs> That's a, happen, that's, a, that's a trait. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it's, it's a good a trait. It's insecurity, though. It's like, so am I not pushing it enough? Or am nope. I just so controlled? That, that right. would be the move. What, what is the true answer here? Hmm. What does layman mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good circle back. I like that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always, when, when I saw that you hadn't cracked a bone until you were, I don't know, what? Late, late 40s. I uh, I kind of felt like oh yeah I'm gonna be like a tippy I'm gonna I'm gonna be clean until I'm forty you know and then I'll crack my first bone and then I blew it yeah well you know what at one point the warranty runs out because like I've <laughs> I've gone through all these decades yeah. of doing gnarly stuff without a broken bone and then all of a sudden in my late forties I cracked a rib I dislocated my shoulder I blew my MCL I dislocated this shoulder I dislocated this one again then I dislocated my elbow all of a sudden the warranties run out and oh, I'm wow. just kind of like blowing body part like limbs look like crazy recently but they heal up what's the worst injury you've had uh i've seen my skull before on my stem <laughs> and down in california oh, on a 20 god. foot drop oh my god on a, on a what drop? Tw- 20 foot drop they i hired i signed with specialized in 2002 after rocky mountain dropped me um with the fro riders i was with the fro riders and then they picked up vanderham and i don't know if that directly just took all the budget enough to drop me but i got dropped anyway so i signed with specialized for like three times as much and you're hitting your head against the wall or <laughs> that's the stem i mean <laughs> no we went down to and i got this new bike and i went down to california and i got the bike and we built it 
And then we did a few steep stops. And then I'm like, like there's a drop here we're looking at. And so they took me to a drop where some downhills hit the edge of it. And they're dropping like 10 feet. And then I was like, well, that's cool. I'm like, but who, who's going off the middle? And they go, no one goes off the middle, off the top. And I'm like, well, let's go do it. And then they're like, well, do you want to hit the warm up first? I'm like, no, let's just go do the big one. And they're like, uh, it's all, it's, that's all yours, dude. <laughs> so I went up top and I did it. And then I did it again. And then I did it a third time. I was getting all these shots. And then the fourth time, I was hiking up. It's California. My goggles were fogging. So I just used no goggles. And when I hit it the fourth time, in the sand and gravel or whatever, there was a big rock that would kind of like slid down. Mm. And my front wheel hit the big rock. And instead of like landing and then rolling out of it, I kind of just stopped dead and I just went. <laughs> and I put my face off my stem oh. through my open face. Or through the full face, I mean, through yeah. the helmet. And I got this scar on my forehead that went right to the bone. Oh. And so I went down. And it wasn't bleeding yet. I went and I looked at the, in the mirror in the truck at the bottom. And then it just started gushing. But before I did, I saw my skull. And I was like, whoa, that's my skull. <laughs> it, that's pretty bizarre. And then it started bleeding like crazy. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm done. I sprung a leak. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't the gnarliest one, but that was, that was one of the trippiest ones, just to see your own skull. You know? That'd be a good like autobiography title. Yeah. Saw my skull. Right. <laughs> no, my, Our, uh, my autobiography is going to be called Choosing the Right Line. Triple meaning. Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's good. Yeah. Mm. Um, but probably the worst injury at the uh, 2000 World Championships of snowboarding and border cross. I won the Canadians that year, so I got invited. Top 32 dudes in the world. It was 30 grand to win first prize. And in practice, only three people had done the triple jumps, and I wasn't one of them. It was all slushy and warm, and I just couldn't balls myself up to do the triples. And I just came out so mad morning of, and they had, they had two practice runs in the morning, and I balled myself to do it, but it was frozen hard in the morning. And I came into it, double-double, set up, berm, double-double, berm, and then the triples, and I just went, what? And I hit it, and I looped out, and I came up a foot short with my ass on the third bump. What? And I, I smacked my face off my boots, like folded myself in half, and then oh. I was paralyzed for about three, four minutes. And I dragged myself off the track so people with my hands so people wouldn't land on me, you know. Oh, and wow. then my legs came back to I, they worked again after about three four minutes, and my ass went <laughs> swelled up like four times the size, and uh, it was so gnarly. And then the, the announcer sucked, and they, he was like right there. And then I couldn't race; I couldn't even move. I couldn't hit the race. They started the race, and then this guy was sucking. He didn't know the riders didn't know the the sport so i crawled up with my hands only my legs dangling uselessly and i crawled up on the scaffolding and i took the mic from him <laughs> and then i announced the race <laughs> no <laughs> way and then, and then these, these pain waves would come through like every 30 seconds like i'd have to stand then i'd have to kneel then i'd have to sit then i'd have to lay down then i'd have to receipt the re redo the process <laughs> yeah. while i'm announcing the race out of the top 32 dudes in the world 17 got hurt and carted out because it was foggy it was icy cold and it was all slush shapes the day before so it was all like weird oh. it was a super gnarly experience Xavier Delarue won Drew Nielsen got second and uh I finally crawled and gave the microphone back after the race was over <laughs> and then I got down all the snowmobiles were gone and I had to snowboard down with this giant swollen ass <laughs> 3,000 feet or whatever it is from like the solar coaster chair it was so gnarly and I, I couldn't sit down for like a month and a half i couldn't shit for a month and a half oh. i couldn't do any i could barely have sex it was really gnarly <laughs> still did but could barely <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah we managed through that one yeah yeah 
And then the other gnarliest one that I've had was um, I was snowboarding in the backside of Cyprus in the backcountry, and um, I was with a couple skiers I didn't know, and I got avalanched. And Oh, yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, yeah, I got pulled off a cliff, and I hit a bunch of big, massive trees that were, like, you know, big old growth, and I dislocated my shoulder and blew my knee, and I was out in the middle of nowhere, and then I wasn't buried. I was half buried, so I uncovered myself, and then I... It happened at one thirty in the afternoon. By the time I got out of there, the chest deep snow, it was 9.30 at night with one arm, one leg, and I had to dig a tunnel, basically a chest deep tunnel. Just by the time you had got yourself above the surface of the snow? No, like I got myself out, and I went down to where the trail is to get out, but I was several kilometers out there, and it was dumping so hard and storming so hard. No one was out there, and the two skiers I was with, didn't. I didn't know them that well, and they, they kept going, and they didn't come find me. And I just had, I was in chest deep snow with like a dislocated shoulder and a blown MCL. And so I just turned myself into the Terminator and I basically just dug a tunnel. And then if I stepped with my blown knee, I'd just sink up to my like armpits again. So I had to like pack it with my blown knee, pack, 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 pack with my foot. And then step into the tunnel I dug and then drag my leg after me. And then my arm was just kind of useless there. My arm, then I'd dig with my front arm and dig a tunnel. And then pack with my left leg, pack, 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 enough to step on and then step into the hole I made. And then I just repeated that two-step process over and over and over for nine hours. Jeez, dude. Until I got back into the resort. And then I got back to the resort and there was like, you know, like 30, 40 centimeters of snow on top of my truck, which I swept off. And then I drove about 300 feet and then there's all these people with summer tires stuck in the parking lot. And I couldn't get, I couldn't even get to the hospital because I was stuck in the parking lot. So I got out of my truck and I'm pushing people with one arm and one leg, like (laughs) trying to get out of the parking lot. And then I got to the hospital, and they knocked me out to put my arm back in because they'd been out so long. And then I came to uh, out of anesthesia or whatever, and I was like, whoa. And then I phoned my wife and said, everything's good, you know, everything's good, Sarah, don't worry. And she goes, you just FaceTimed me 10 minutes ago when you came out of anesthetic. I'm like, I did? She goes, yeah, your eyes were like sharks. They were huge. <laughs> it's like you were a trucer. You were ranting about trying to teach the world to shred, and you talked about <laughs> cheating on me. And I go, I've never cheated on you. She goes, I know you told me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. But then my shoulder healed. And then it worked out perfect because, well, not really, but in a way, I was on the coach for seven weeks and I got a job announcing a fifth World Cup ski race, the pre-Olympic Pyeongchang event, a downhill and a Super G. So I studied my ass off because I had nothing to do for seven weeks when I got there. Studied what? How to speak Korean? Uh, no, I was actually training two young Korean TV stars, these two girls who had never done a ski race before, to live announce an event with me, and I was going to do the English, and they were doing the Korean. Okay. But I'd also studied the history of the sport. I just knew the background of every single racer there, and I had a big notebook, and when I got there, the producer was from the X Games, and there was a course hold, and he's like, what are you starting to talk about? And I go, what do you want? What do you want? Like, designer of the course, history of the sport, you, you name it. And he's like, history of the sport. And I'm like, open the book. This part was first brought into the existence with the fist, blah, 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 blah. And I could see the relief going through his body. He's like, <sighs> nailed it. And then he's like, okay, there's another course a little bit later. And I'm like, what do you want? Like, he goes, court designer. Like, Bernard Rusi, who has two past silver medals and blah, 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 designed this. Like, blah, blah. Anyways, I killed it. My wife is like, don't do 100% tippy. You'll freak him out. Go 65% tippy. <laughs> and then just may- maybe wrap it up to maybe 80% just for the fastest rider, fastest gear, and then back it back down again. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I did that. And then. Kept it pro. The girls did a good job. And then we wrapped it up and we finished it. And then all of a sudden, the back door opened of the little sound booth. And the director general of the Pyeongchang Olympic Committee comes in. 
And he walks right up to me and he goes, very good job. Good information. Good energy. The people are happy. I'm happy. You have exceeded expectations. And then he walked out and they're like, he smiled, he smiled. And I go, he did? <laughs> Anyways, so the producer from the X Games is like, dude, you killed it. You're going to the Olympics, man. You're going to announce the Olympics, the Olympic downhill. And I'm like, yes. Because I missed the Olympic snowboarding by like three tenths of a second. And uh, competing, right? So mm-hmm. I'm actually going to lots of Olympics, you know? So anyway, so thought I was all in until the Federation International de Ski, the FIST, found out that I was a snowboarder. And they're like, there's no flipping way a snowboarder is going to announce the Olympic downhill. Uh, that ain't happening. No and way. I was out. Anyways. You're off the project. <laughs> so the other good thing that happened was at the end, so I did that. I came back and I tried snowboarding again. I got into a race called the Mount Baker Banks Lawn, which I told you about earlier. Yes. And I hadn't been in it since... Uh, I think 1992. So I finally got back in it. It's a lottery system. And uh, I had blown this knee. I had a dislocated shoulder. I was seven weeks healed, but I hadn't ridden. So I went and rode a couple days and I, or a couple runs. I went and rode another couple runs. Then I did a third day, three runs that day. And went to the race. I had to hang out and see everybody anyways. Well, I thought, oh, I'm here. I might as well race. So I dropped in. I just had a totally smooth run. Not going for it, but I made no mistakes. I just had a totally clean run. I got third in Masters. The best result I've ever gotten there. <laughs> totally like injured without any legs. It was the weirdest thing. And like, you know, I'm on the podium and I'm looking over at like Terry Hawkinson and like all my heroes and I'm like standing there with a, they don't give trophies, they give duct tape, gold, bronze and silver duct tape. Oh, nice. And so I had a bronze duct tape and I'm like, this is so weird. What the, the life, life is strange, man. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember the morning uh, of that accident. Jason texted me and he's told me that you almost died. And it was a heavy morning yeah. for me. Yeah, I know. I actually, I almost died. I, it was yeah. like, it was like if I would have stopped and maybe cramped up in that nine hours of digging yeah. to get out of there, I wouldn't be here right now. I remember because I think I was working at Rocky Mountain at the time and you were on the team at the time and you came into the office and you told me about that. And I was like, wait, 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 what happened? <laughs> like kind of trying to, and I'm trying to digest it, you know, yeah. like firsthand. I'm like, this is crazy and you're just kind of like going through the motions of it yeah <laughs> like i don't know your level of gnarly is different than mine i think well it's so <laughs> funny because you go snowboarding and, and you're on the edge of the city right you just go in the north shore mountains you just yeah. you know you're riding everyone's having fun but on the other side of those mountains is like super badass big mountain stuff like there's two three hundred foot cliffs everywhere they get yeah. huge amounts of snow there's big old forest growth like it's it's super badass mountains just just on the edge of town and you think it's all innocent because you know oh there's like a shopping you know center right over there and Mm -hmm. a mcdonald's but right over there there's a 300 foot cliff Uh, you know like so it's actually just kind of like a real contrast of of civilization and wildness right there yeah you know it's crazy same with mountain biking too right like right you get you get just even like halfway up seymour on the right side of the mountain and you're like oh my God, this is world-class, like proper steep terrain. Yeah. But you could also just go grab, yeah, like a booster juice. Right. minutes away. Just right over there. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, over yeah. there. Super, Super raw and, and, and potentially deadly, but also like, you know, creature comforts. Did you, did yeah. you, was it ever running through your mind that you weren't going to make it? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I when I first got Avalanche, when I got hit, I was like, what the hell? Like I'm getting like washing machine and I'm like, I'm in the dark. It's all noisy. Like... And I'm like, I'm in the dark right now. I was just above a huge cliff and there's trees here and there. If I get put into these trees upside down with all the snow, like 
I'm dead. I'm, and I was picturing my little daughters at my funeral, and and I'm just like, okay, I don't know which way is up right now, but it's not here, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. So I just started spaz swimming, and all of a sudden my head came up, and I got air again, and then I was off the cliff, and I was like, holy Jesus! And then it was just a, a wall of trees, big, like you know, four four feet wide trees, like massive trees, and I just hit one tree, hit another tree, hit it, spin it around, hadn't hit the ground yet. I hit a bunch of trees while I even hit the ground, and uh, I think it was the it was the first tree that blew my shoulder out, and then like the third tree that blew my knee. And when I finally hit the ground, I like, Ugh! and then it kept avalanching, and half only half buried me. And then I was like, oh, "Fuck, I'm okay. I'm okay." I'm like, "Oh, my arm doesn't work. Oh, my shoulder's in front of me. <laughs> okay, something's really broken here. It's out of the socket or something. That's that's not right." Okay, well at least I can stand up. And, oh no, I can't stand up. <laughs> my knees blow. Oh my god, this is bad. And me, these big fat flakes, the size of like quarters, are coming down and snowing. You know, by myself out in the middle of nowhere going, okay, this is real. This is real. I'm way out here and I got no, I got one arm and one leg and it's deep. It gets snowed, it snowed 40 and 38 and 26 and 23, like all in, in a bunch of days. So the snow was like really deep and I just went, okay, I have to get back to the hill by myself because those guys aren't here and they might come find me in a lap or two, but I might freeze in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And they never did, you know, I never did, yeah. Were you out of service? Out of service, yeah. And then um, once I got in, those guys did find me right at the end, right when I got almost back to the hill, right before it got dark. And they, they actually came up and they went, Tibby! And I was like, I turned around, like, just white in the face. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. They're like, what's up? And I go, I broke my arm or I dislocated my shoulder. Am I going to blow a knee? I got avalanched and they're like oh we should we should have stayed and i'm like yeah you probably should have i'm like can we do anything and i'm like you can take my snowboard and they're like okay so they took my snowboard and they broke trail in front of, in front of me and they went we got cell service we got cell service now we'll call we'll call the patrol and i'm like don't call patrol and they're like what we'll call, no we'll call patrol i go don't call patrol they're like why wouldn't we not call patrol i go dude I don't want to be that name that's bounced around the lockers. I don't want the guy to get stuff shut down here for all the boys and for everybody else. I just want to go into my truck and I want to drive myself to the hospital. And I was like very, I was very mechanical, like a robot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pretty much a spaz, you know, all the time. But I was just like, I was just like, I remember hearing my voice. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go to the hospital. And they're like, but, but, but I go, what are they going to do? Come out here with like a, a meat wagon? Like it's, it's chest deep snow. Like. Those guys are going to be screwed, and it's going to take hours. I'm just going to go to my truck, break trail for me, please, for the rest of the way, and I'm going to kind of go, I'm going to go to the hospital. And they're like, okay. And then I finally got to my truck, and I was like, yes, I'm going to live. And then I got, I was stuck in the parking lot for another hour and a half. <laughs> and then, yeah, you realized uh, the populace of Vancouver doesn't invest in winter and then you tires. Had road rage. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was a close call. I, I almost died. And um, I'm glad I didn't because you know, we're glad you didn't. Thanks yeah. for not dying too. Right, you know, would miss you, know, you a lot. You know what the secret to life is? No, living. Ah. <laughs> now I know. But that was another one. That was another one. <sighs> well, I've lots of things though. Like I, I've, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got hundreds of stitches. I've seen, you know, I've seen my knuckles. I've seen my Achilles tendon. I've seen my skull. I've seen like, I've been ripped open in different places. I got scars. Like hanging out with Wade Simmons and just. 
Yeah. Wade, Wade Simmons gave you that one on your belly? No, he took me to a drop <laughs> that he was riding. He was on an all-mountain bike, a Slayer, and I had a flatline. And he's like, I, I've aired this with my downhill bike before. I won't do it on a trail bike. Oh, you should do it. You got a downhill bike. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I hit it. And then I bounced, and then I there was a tree with a branch sticking out, and it ripped my guts open. Oh, my God. And uh, that was an intense one. And then so I uh, I went back up, and I did it again and stomped it. But uh, I had this massive gut thing with my... Oh. It didn't, and my entrails weren't hanging out, but it was definitely a deep one. And uh, yeah, that was a good parental result. rating for our this video <laughs> yeah. just keeps skyrocketing. <laughs> Every injury, gore, 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 <laughs> flesh and guts. <laughs> is, is there uh, any one particular name that comes to mind who pushed you the most on your mountain bike or snowboard, or someone who you really felt like kind of like a like a productive nervousness around that pushed you in, in the oh yeah way. well the fro riders you know, you know like richie I, I always wanted to beat richie because in my mind he was a bmxer and you know me and craig olson were a buddy and we we did gnarly shit all through the 80s and the 90s and then richie was a bmxer and then we'd invented free riding but i'd been doing it for 12 years already and i was like and me and craig taught richie how to ride steeps but then he started getting good and it started you know and he was really good in the air and so then he started getting all these covers and stuff, and I was teaching him gnarly lines how to ride steeps and jump off things because I did it all the time, sandboarding and on my bike and stuff. But then he started getting all this coverage, and I was just like, Ugh. I showed him those lines. I taught him how to use a front brake. He didn't even use a front brake before. Pissed me off. So I'd, I would try harder to try and beat him to try and get more coverage. And, and, you know. and then on the other side, Wade was so natural and just so good at stuff. Um, I was, you know, pushing to do stuff that, that Wade would do. And if Wade wouldn't do something, I'd hear myself against my voice go, I'll do it, just because Wade wouldn't do it. And I would force myself to do it no matter what happened and just just see what happened. And, but it was a chance to make a name for yourself, right? Wade, Wade Simmons didn't do it, but Tippy did it. You know, didn't happen that very often, but when I did, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about a particular moment where you felt uh, very nervous? To, you know, you had said, I'll do it. And then you're like, oh, crap, I really got to do it. Oh, so many. Some endless. So many. Because like, yeah. the bikes weren't really dialed back then. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, mm -hmm. we had full suspension finally, but it was like four inches in the front and like four inches in the back. And you're, you're jumping 18, 20 foot, 25 feet. You know, like it was the unknown, right? What and about a first ascent that you're proud of? of? Is there anything that comes to mind? Oh, my God. Uh, so many. That's... <laughs> First ascents. In in Canada, there's one I did. I was the first person to ride Firewall Canyon. That's crazy. Yeah, no oh, one had wow. ridden Firewall Canyon before, and we got there. And Williams we, Lake. Williams Lake uh, for Crank 2. And we hiked to the... <laughs> it's a funny story. We hiked to the top, and they went and we looked at it from the bottom, and we're like, oh, my God. It's just like, wow, like a cathedral of clay. It's like... 800 feet or a thousand feet or whatever it is you know it's huge huge steep and i went yeah i think we can do it i think i can do that and so i'd ridden a lot of gravel pits a lot of steep clay stuff in Kamloops and all around bc and whatnot but we hiked up at the top me and richie and richie didn't want any part of it and i was like what about you tim and i go i'll do it right now and they're like really and i'm like yeah and he goes okay we need to get christian to the bottom he's gonna film it from the bottom and the tom erickson shoot it from the top and bjorn Enga. and so then um christian Bejen, ran down the side of it and was out at the bottom to film it from the bottom, get the barbecue shot or whatever. Mm -hmm. Barbecue shot? 
Yeah, you sit back and have a barbecue and while the athlete goes up and does the line. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> it's my kind of filming. Yeah. So I see Christian finally down, a thousand feet down there, and he's down by the river, and I'm waiting to drop in, and I see this bear, black bear getting closer to him and closer oh. and closer, and I'm like, that bear is going to run him down. That bear is on him. Where's the mic? Give me the mic. Give me the mic. And I took the mic from someone. I'm like, Christian, there's a bear on you. It's right behind you. It's coming for you. Go for the river. Go for the river. And he runs into the river and the bear comes to the shore and then is running back and forth from the shore and then goes into the water two or three feet and stops. And then he walks up and then pets the bear. What? I can see with my <laughs> eyes. And then I hear the mic. Tippy, you freaking idiot! It's my freaking dog! <laughs> That's good. And I was like, oh, sorry. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> he smelled the barbecue. <laughs> right? That's hilarious. So I dropped in and I did a line called Martini Madness. It was like a wide, like a, a V, and then into a shoot. I called it Martini Madness. Because if you ride something for the first time, you get to name it, right? Oh, okay. So I called it Martini Madness. And I went to the right, a big classic line that everyone shoots now. and and everyone does it, but I did it. I was the first person to do it. And then I went back up again and did it again with a giant uh, helmet cam. Yeah, and oh, you're yeah. talking giant. Not a GoPro. Like, like, like a 16 like millimeter. A 20, 20 pound hel helmet with a camera and battery and everything. Yeah, you got a, a 16 millimeter camera on one side and then a counterweight on the other side. In a battery, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was super loud to <laughs> while you were filming. Insane. So I wrote that down the second run and then I went back to the left and then did like a V-Valley shoot and then I went back up uh, in the middle and to shoot another classic line that people ride from the top now but I hiked up it as far as I could and I rode that and then Richie wouldn't drop any lines and then he's kind of sitting there like sucking on his thumb kind of going well I need to do something for Crank 2 so we started hiking up halfway from the bottom and he rode the bottom half of all the lines and then in the, and then the editing you can't tell that he rode only only the bottom mm, half <laughs> but I was riding him, I was riding him from the top oh wow right Richie trick. you know that's the truth yeah. <laughs> Richie Schley if you are listening I'm stealing your trick when I go to Williams Lake uh, that, that line looks scary but we, we've been looking at it we want to visit we've never been yeah I've never been there yeah. but oh, it looks really? amazing yeah it's amazing you got any advice yeah just go with it trust yourself um, it will end you start picking up speed real advice you know uh, is go when it's slightly damp. If you go when it's dry, it's hard baked, mm. hard pack, mm. and you'll just start flying down there. If you have a little bit of dampness, you can break. It's softer. You can get at an edge to corner a little bit and move around. If you go when it's super hot in the middle of summer, you'll just go, wow, a million miles an hour. And so, yeah, you really want to pick and choose your moments in the spring or in the fall. Middle of summer is not so good unless it rains. Right. Yeah. And just trust yourself. You will stop. You start going down there and the case going terminal. You're like, and then you're like off to the races. And it just seems like it's like you're going to go 120 miles an hour, but you don't. You only go up to a certain speed and then. Terminal velocity, I believe. Yeah, 120. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you hit the bottom and there's like, you know, bushes and stuff, but you can stop. It just doesn't seem like it when you're going down. That's good. Yeah. I, I wonder. Do you oh, I was super proud of doing uh, Yak Peak 2 on the Coquihalla. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought you might bring that one up. That yeah. was pretty cool. Me and Johnny yeah. Smoke did that. And it's like 2,500 foot rock slab. At the top, it's like... Well, describe it as you're driving it. Like, describe the first you can time see you notice oh, okay. it. Yeah. yeah. As you're driving up, you see a 2,500 foot mountain that looks like a giant transition 
from like steep to very steep to really steep to almost vertical. It kind of looks like the up. mountain melted and it's like a, it's perfectly smooth all the way to the highway. Right, right. But it's like begging 20, to be 2,500 feet. And uh, I've looked at it ever since uh, Expo 86 and they built the highway from mm. Calus down to Vancouver. And I looked at it and I went, oh, I bet you could mount bike that. And then for decades, I'd look at it and go, I bet you could mount bike that. And then I finally got sick of saying that. And I'm like, <laughs> Let's go mountain bike that. Dry smoke, you want to go do it? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it like tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? And he's like, oh, well, I'm not working. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think so. Let's go. <laughs> okay, we need a photographer. Who, who's mad enough to hike this thing with a, a camera bag? Marcus Riga. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so we went and did it, and we got the cover of Bike Magazine and did the first ascent of Yak Peak. And if you ever drive by it, people, you'll be like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's I mean, insane. that's yeah. like, you know, as a kid, maybe as an adult too, but you look out the side of the window as a passenger and you're, you know, you're imagining you're a bike jumping all the lumps on the sidewalk right, right, or right. you're looking at like mountains outside like, oh yeah, there's a line, there's a line. And as a kid, I'm looking at that thing too, thinking, I wonder if you could ride down that. I wonder if someone has ridden down that. Is there a mountain biker right now? Like, can I see anybody? And then you made that dream come true. You actually yeah. rode it. 2010. It's crazy. 2010. It was crazy at some points. Like, we got to the top, and we had lunch, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, some rock climber comes crawling over the top, and he sees us with our bikes, and he's like, <laughs> are you guys lost? And we're like, no, no, we're good. We're going to ride down. And he's like, what? Uh, hey, Sven. <laughs> and Sven's still in the main face, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sven, these guys got mountain bikes up here. <laughs> and I hear, are they lost? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we're like, no, it's all good. And then... If you ride off the top of it down the face, you'll die. It's like it's like a rock climbing. It's vertical, right? So we wrapped to the left and followed the contour. And then as soon as we could, we cut to the right and cut into the main face. So we literally basically rode two thirds of what you see there. Because if you ride the top third, you're not you're yeah. you're, you're going to end up splatting the highway. Yeah, I and mean, there's trees at the bottom. You'll go you'll go you know 100 plus miles an hour and then die. So you can creep it if you creep to the left. And so at one point I cut onto the face and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. And I'm creeping, and I brought a downhill bike. I had good Maxxis tires, you know, um, Max Grip, rubber compound. And I'm, like, creeping, and then I hit some kind of, like, a, like a non-moss, like a, a lichen. Oh, okay. Flaky yeah. kind of vegetative stuff on the rock. And I was, like, and I started skipping, going, and I started picking out speed. I'm, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I'm trying to stay on the bike. Marcus is shooting. I want to ride this thing. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to die. And so I'm like picking up speed. I'm like, okay, it's got to end sometime, doesn't it? And it didn't end. And it's like 50, 60, 70 feet of this lichen. And now I'm picking up speed. And I'm like, okay, I got to ditch. Because like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be able to get back in. Mm -hmm. And I thought I, if I ditch, I'm going to grind myself down into nothingness. And then just as soon as I was ready to ditch, about 100 feet down, it turned into nice grippy rock again. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. And I was like, I'm gonna live! I'm gonna live! Yes! What's the secret to life? Living. Living. Yes. Yeah. Now we know. Well, there's, gonna, there's gonna be a quiz on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've done. But you should take it in a restaurant because the customer is always right. <laughs> <laughs> is that the secret to school? Just uh, do all your homework in the restaurant? Yeah. That's why you worked at Earl's. That's right. Passed all your, uh, your schoolwork. <laughs> were, were you? Uh, how were you at school? Were you a good student? I was good, yeah. My dad was an English teacher. Oh, yeah. Right. My dad was a teacher. Mm. And so I had perfect punctuation, perfect spelling. I was good at everything except for math. Okay. Yeah, like social studies and science was pretty good. English, I got A's. Um, I got A's in PE. I got A's in art. 
I got A's in drama. Favorite course? PE. <laughs> yeah. How did yeah. I know that? You know favorite, what? Favorite, favorite I, thing to do in PE? Uh, dodgeball. Okay. Oh yeah. my goodness. I feel like you would crush yeah. every person oh. on the court. I know those poor girls. Headshots! I was actually in a special situation because I was on the football team and I was like an all-star football player and our coach was our PE teacher. And so I didn't like French. I couldn't do French very well. I wasn't good at math or French. And mm. so... I did the mandatory in grade eight, and then instead of taking French grade nine, 10, 11, and 12, I had double PE courses, double double physical education courses. Instead of one hour, I had two hours to do sports. It was awesome until I had to graduate, and I needed three language credits. And so then I just went, okay, what do I do? And they said, you can take uh, German for six months and get your three credits. And then I was like, okay, cool. So I got in there, and I was like in there with all the dumb people. <laughs> Me and all these hot chicks in the back of the class. Woo, this is awesome! <laughs> Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah. Das ist gut, ja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, guys have a, you guys have any more energy drink left? No, I feel like I'm we should dry. Just, oh, you're dry? I got a little bit. I'm going to crush it. Do it. I've milked mine to the end. I'm experienced. I, I go hard for the first three quarters, and then I sip the last quarter. There's milk oh. in that? <laughs> You've done uh, countless video and photo shoots over the years. Yes. Do you have a video or a photo that changed your life? That changed my life. Uh, yeah, the video that changed my life was uh, a pulp traction. Mm. I was um, I was at Black Home Skiing, and I ran into Greg Stump, who made the coolest uh, ski movies at the time. Warren Miller made the big ones, but he got taken over as the cool movies by. Greg Stump, and he did these cool soundtracks and cool stuff. And then he saw me, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I knew his girlfriend was my high school president, Ace McKay-Smith. Super hot babe, super flamboyant, good skier. She was dating Greg Stump, the ski movie legend. And I'm like, I got to know Greg Stump. And uh, he's like, hey, how's Brett Tippy, the happiest man in sports? And I'm like, I'm doing awesome. Good day. I'm like, yeah, really good. You? And he's like, good. He goes, hey, I'm making a mountain bike movie. Do you know anyone who can do a 360 on a mountain bike? And I'm like... No, but I saw Richie do a 360 on his BMX bike yesterday at the skate park. I'm sure he could do one on a smaller mountain bike. Okay, cool. Thanks. Hey, I got to go. See you, see, you, see you there, Tippy. I'm like, okay, bye, Greg. And so then it was months later. That was like in the springtime. I was in the woods. I had no vehicle. So I was like tree planting, trying to make money to go snowboarding. And I heard, I found out that um, Greg Stump was sending Christian Bejen, my buddy who I'd snowboarded with and made some snowboard movies with, was coming to film Richie Schley do a 360 in Kamloops on a mountain bike for a mountain bike movie. And I was on mushrooms with these two girls in the woods and making out <laughs> with both of them. They were making out with each other and we're all making out and turning out. I, I thought it was going to be my first threesome. And then I found this out and then I was like, I had to get back to town, but this was all happening and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I hear my buddy Craig Olson go, Dippy, we're leaving for town in 10 minutes. If you want to ride, come to the cockpit. He yells out into the woods, you know. <laughs> and I'm with these two girls and I'm like, Girls, I gotta go. And they're like, no, you can't go. We're, we're gonna go back to our, we, we're gonna, dude, You, why would you go right now? And I go, I'm gonna be in a mountain bike movie. I'm poaching this movie. I'm gonna be in a mountain bike movie. And they're like, okay. So I kissed them both goodbye. And I ran to the vehicle. I got in and I got up the next morning. Richie went and did his 360. And uh, I had a little treat with for him. And then he went and did another one. And he got off access 
And he, he didn't even let go of the handlebars and he drove his face into the ground, hanging onto the bars. And the one that was stuck was soft, was out of focus. So they only used one of him crashing. Yeah, yeah. I oh. remember this story being told in Darcy's uh, the moment, the moment right, movie, right. which is an excellent movie to kind of learn more about the the start of free ride oh, and, and, sure. and Tippy and friends. Yeah, <laughs> I never mentioned this recent part though on that movie, but that's what that was okay. the real story. And so, you know, that was a wrap. He did it. You know, we had a crash. He was over. They're like, "Well, what do we do now?" And I go, "They didn't call free riding free riding back then. We called it steeps." I go, mm. "Let's go ride some steeps." And they're like, "Okay." Where? And I go, come with me. So we went to where the bike ranch is now. And then we got there and I go, I'm going to ride down that. And Christian Ben's like, down what? And I go, right down there. And he's like, no. I go, oh yeah. And he's like, no. I'm like, oh yeah, right now. And he's like, okay. So I head to the top and it was like a size small specialized M2. Oh, oh tiny, nice. Like tiny little bike. I'm like six foot, like 220 pounds. Like I'm the tiny little size small bike. I head to the top. He had to use a specialized bike to be in the movie, right? Okay. And so uh, Craig Olson and I had picked a line down the main valley, and I picked a fresh line to the left, which was steep at the top. And I remember just thinking, okay, this is kind of gnarly. I'm, I don't know if I can control the speed down here, but this is for a Greg Stump movie. And, like, Glenn Plake was one of my heroes, the Mo Mohawk skier, you know, and Scott Schmidt, the two big, baddest skiers at the time. And they, they were the cool movies in the ski world. And I'm like, this is a new mountain bike movie. It's for Glenn Plake. Or, if I mean, for Greg Stump, I mean. Care what happens, you're gonna have to wrestle these handlebars from my dead hands. I'm <laughs> dicking this. <laughs> okay, we're ready. Give us a countdown. I'm like, three, two, one. And I drop in and I pick up speed, and all of a sudden I'm bouncing down this trail. And then I start swapping left and right and bouncing at the same time. And it's just all over the place. So I'm like, rawr, rawr, rawr. and I'm like, <laughs> I got this. And I wrote it at the bottom. And I rode it out, and then I hit the road, and there was a ditch before the road, and I really did it. Wham! And I bent the forks, and I bent the wheel right into the frame. Oh. And then I handed the bike to Christian, and I go, there you go. <laughs> and the smoke is clearing from the trail behind <laughs> me. And I'm standing there, and he's like. Oh, my God. Okay. You're in the freaking movie. <laughs> Anyways, that, that line changed my life. Awesome. I, I remember crazy. you telling a story actually in the Schley podcast, your podcast, I think. Oh, yeah. From the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're full of stories. I guess the podcast is a great outlet for you to just... I love it. Go yeah, down yeah, memory lane, hey? But, it's, but for me, like, I can talk and talk and talk. Mm -hmm. And this is all about me, so I'm talking a lot. But when it's a podcast, you have to let the guest talk, right? right? Yeah. It's like Johnny Carson was my one of my heroes. And he could hold the stage. He could do a monologue. You know, he could be the star. But he was a star at letting the guests be the stars. And setting them up and letting them talk. And it's it's a real art, you know, when you're on the other end of the mic, you know. So I try and just shut up and, you know, put a little fire in the gasoline here and there and let let the guests, you know, share their story, you know. So it's kind yeah. of a kind of a, a weird thing. Yeah, me no so good on the microphone, but I know what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good. You want to play a little game, Tippy? We have a little game. It's a game of this or that. Jason's the, Jason's the pro at this. <laughs> I'm, okay. a, I'm this, this or that guy. But uh, this or that, this yeah, or, this that. or that. Rapid fire. Don't take too much time to think about it. Hey, do we it. get the do we do we do we get the this or that music queued up yet? Do yeah, we have Dave. A, what's uh, what's the song to the, this time? <laughs> we don't have one. There's yet. There's no song. Okay. Well, next time we need a song. We can insert it. We can no. insert it. No. Yeah. Insert insert music now. Perfect. <laughs> Just hey, that was awesome. <laughs> wow, what a great tune. Okay, let's play. <laughs> You're a great beatboxer too. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so yeah. How many? Uh, it looks like roughly 
12. 12 questions, a dozen. Yeah. Dirty dozen. Yeah. Easy. Okay, and, and is there points for answering quick? No. Uh, you want just one word answers or the full script? Oh what are the God. rules? Okay. Give me the parameters. There's right? no rule. We're, We're just learning more yet. about tips. Do I have to talk really fast? It's rapid fire? You have, yes. to, you have to ask the questions really fast? I will. Okay. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Whistler or Sun Peaks? Depends <laughs> what time of year. Summer. Uh, oh my God, this is so hard. Sun Peaks. Oh boy. No, no, Whistler. <laughs> Monster no, Red no, Bull. no, Sun Peaks! Monster Weekend or weekday! Oh Mr. my god, why did he do this to me? <laughs> he couldn't get back. There's new it. trails at Sun Peaks, they have a new trail left. I'm going to Sun Peaks! I sell Sun Peaks! Ah, the pain! Alright, 11 more. Okay. Uh, two points on the board. Uh, Monster or Red Bull? Red Bull. Joyride or Rampage? Rampage! Simmons or Schley? To hang out with, to ride with? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Who do you like Richie, Richie is my old school buddy. You know, and Wade is actually five years younger, so I grew up with Richie. And so he's my bro, and so is Wade. Oh, boy. But Wade's a better rider, and so I get better by from riding with Wade. But I've known Richie longer, so... Uh, we'll take it. Uh, no, uh, uh, Simmons in the day... Slay at night. Ooh. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> Kamloops or North Vancouver? Oh, my God. These are hard <laughs> questions. Come on, you're on the clock. You're on the clock. Okay. Uh, 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 my family's here in North Vancouver. I love it. I was raising counts. I knew counts really well. I love riding counts. The grid light, you always get good shots better. But here down here, you can get good shots too. But I've done the desert. I've done the semi-arid. I've done the BC Interior Special Highlands. Uh -huh. I like the rainforest. So I'm going to go with my family here because we're in North Vancouver, and the present, no time like the present. I've done camels, but I want to do camels again. Uh, <laughs> man. Ding. Okay. Uh, That's so hard. Yeah, another one. Downhill bike or enduro bike? E-bike. E-bike. <laughs> no, no, no. Downhill bike. Nothing like a downhill bike. You know what? Hey, that rides almost as good as my downhill bike. Yeah, it rides almost as good as your downhill bike. Yeah, remember how good a downhill bike is? Yeah. <laughs> Night riding or day riding? You are so mean to me. It's so hard. You put very little uh, thought into these. I put some thought. Um, night riding, because I'm, I'm a night rider. Like Jeff Gullivet says, when life hands you lumens, go night riding. <laughs> I love that. And my oldest sponsor is Night Rider Lights. That's crazy. Awesome. The lights I have now are 4,200 lumens. I have 4,200 lumens on my bars and 4,200 lumens on my helmet. Wow. 8,400 lumens. My Toyota Tundra is only 3,000 lumens. I have three times the power almost. With my night rider setup, you're basically riding in the day. It's basically point. riding in the day <laughs> at night. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, pow or loam? Oh my god, loam feeds my family. Mountain biking feeds my family. Snowboarding does not. But I love powder. There's nothing like cold, dry powder. <laughs> <sighs> it's levitating right now. But loam is really fun too. But feeds my family. <laughs> Personal, professional, uh, family comes first, loam. Oh, wow. Very good. good answer. Neural Disorder series or Cranked series? Well, I was in four Cranked movies, and I've just had little flashes in New World Disorder movies. I love Derek Wesson. I love Free Entertainment. You flashed? Yeah, I was just... I had, no. <laughs> that, was, that was a race face ad, actually. <laughs> my, my new dad, right, dressed up like Bigfoot, running through the woods for their new raw cranks. <laughs> I remember um, Correct. Uh, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Mm, the Stones. Finally, photo shoot or video shoot? 
For sure, way easier. Ah, yeah, that's, that's what Chase said. That's what yeah, I, yeah. Video shoot tomorrow you fast, tomorrow you can just do it. You know, a video like if you're on the video shoot is good, and if you want to do something, you want to have it on video to prove it, and you get more views. And on Instagram, I get more uh, action activity from uh, videos. But you go on a photo shoot, you know, you can chill. You know, and it's probably gonna work. It doesn't work. It doesn't go anywhere. A video shoot, you got a lot more pressure. You, you got to be on. You got to be on. You got to go fast. You got to kill it. And with photos, you can kind of just get lucky and get a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say a photo shoot. They're more fun. They're more relaxing. Yeah. This is funny. I've done this rapid fire question things before where I was like, salt and pepper, Porsche Ferrari, you know, Ford or Chevy, bang, bang, bang. And so it was so funny to actually have it put on me <laughs> with some different ones <laughs> that, I, that I've done. It's really hard. It's hard. Like some of the classics. <laughs> Sun Peaks or Whistler? <laughs> Cranked or New World Disorder? That was awesome. Like, oh. I love how you preface it with one word, one word. I'll talk as fast as I can, and then you just crumbled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the strategy went on the door. Right, totally. Put me on the spot. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, people are listening. Well, I mean, uh, what do you, what, you got anything to promote to the people out there? I have a new podcast called The Bread to Be Podcast. I'm doing with Mark Warner, who has a skier podcast called The Low Pressure Podcast. The podcast for skiers, ranked top 10 in all po uh, action sport podcasts. And uh, we've got it up online. It's on YouTube. So I'm trying to do this podcast. And um, I'm getting ready to do a announcing gig for a race called The Chainsmoker down in Las Vegas. It's a cross-country race. I haven't done many cross-country races. For my dentist, Joe Willardson, from True Dentistry. And so that's going down uh, May 21st for a race there. And, uh, yeah, just promoting... Uh, my sponsors the best I can, YT Industries, SR Suntour Suspension, NV Wheels, Maxxis Tires, Magura Brakes, Ergon Grips, Tires and Packs, uh, Layout Helmets, Pit Viper Eyewear, Maloya Clothes, 510 Shoes. Play the Shoes. Jeopardy, Dave, play <laughs> <Yeah>. the Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oscar's music. Um, <laughs> anything I miss? Night Rider Lights. So promoting all my sponsors as best I can. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Was that professional? Just kind of slipping them all in there? How you doing, kids? This is how you say sponsored at 53 years old. Did go. I mention I rode for YT? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just doing some projects like that. And uh, as well as I'm announcing um, the BC Cups and Canada Cups, the Dunbar Summer Cycle Series. And, you know, seeing Finn Isles and Jackson Goldstone and all those guys raise up as young kids, you know, and now they're racing the World Cup. And so cool. It's so cool. So I'll be announcing that for Stephen Exley and, and uh, the Dunbar Cycles crew, um, as well as any other little gigs that I can do to feed my family. Will we you see know. you at uh, Crankworks? I'll be at Crankworks, yeah. I think I'm doing some social media for Maxis, cruising around. And, uh, yeah, maybe, we, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can do another opener for uh, <laughs> yeah. IFHT yeah, movie. Yes. <laughs> but different. Yeah. The same Let's but different. It. Well, we're doing a I Own the Ride Park tour in July. And I wanted to ask you if you have any, like, we need, like, some e quick, easy games to play with the fans and people who come up, you know. You you said, you mentioned, like, uh, you were giving away the Pit Vipers yes. at the race. And you it was, like, crushing a can or something? Well, like no, I, 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 I do your best car crash impersonation. Okay, that's a good and then And then I thought that, I was thinking oral. Sorry, verbal. <laughs> Sorry, best Excuse one. Excuse me, what? <laughs> best uh, oral car crash. <laughs> verbal car crash. And instead she pulled out a beer can and went, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, that was uh, perfect. Okay, yeah. okay. So she killed it. Um, you know, there's lots of games you can do. I always do like uh, bicycle tattoos, wins a prize. Um, I always do uh, body flash. Anyone who's bleeding? Who's bleeding? Who's got a fresh wound? Who's got the nice. best scar? Best yeah. scar, you know? And then random, the most, uh, you know, random eye color is green. Anyone, first person with green eyes right here, right now. Then I do this game, like the the, uh, the one second challenge. Everyone pull out their phones. Everyone's got a phone, right? I go, put, put it on stopwatch. 
Okay, start and stop on one second, exactly. 1.00, first person to show me one second in my eyeballs gets these pit vipers. Stuff like that, you know, you can just, just awesome. make fun games, you know? Yeah. And just be uh, creative. Well, you're the king of fun. You're the king of quick yeah, fun. seriously. No, I'm the director of good times. Ah, director yes. of good times. Actually on your business card. It does, yeah. I know Wade's the godfather, uh, even though I was mountain biking and free riding 10 years before him, you know, because he was still a kid being vaccine, but, and then, you know, Richie and I made movies five years, four, three years, four years before Wade, but... He's so good, and he won the first Rampage years later, even though me and Richie were doing it earlier, and I was doing it earlier than Richie. Wade's the godfather. Kind of pisses me off, but whatever. <laughs> we're, we're all the godfathers, but yeah. somehow he gets to be the godfather. But he's awesome. He's an awesome writer, so I guess maybe it's that's you know obviously why. But um, So instead of just trying to be one of the godfathers, my wife said, just go in your own direction. Be the director of good times. That's what you do. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't need to be one of the Godfathers. I am one of the Godfathers, but I don't care. I'm not going to like cling to that. Um, I'm going to be the director of Good Times yeah. Yeah. and just just go go my own way. Well, regardless of whether you got the title or not, you're you're a Godfather in in our minds. Yeah. That's for okay. sure. Awesome. You inspired OG. us for yeah. for years. Yeah, so. that's awesome. We, so we didn't tell you the name of our podcast yet, but it is called Feeding Off Each Other. Oh no way! <laughs> Do you feel that you uh, we had a good feeding today? Are you full? <laughs> I don't know. You feeling full? We're drinking off each other. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, change the name. Change the name. He's drinking a Red Bull. That was a Red Bull on his head. <laughs> feeding off each other. What was that from? That was from uh, Claw, wasn't it? In one of the collective movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't even know what the origin story is. And Matt Hunter's like, I hate saying when people say feed off each other, and then cuts back to Claw saying, Yeah, we're feeding off each other's energy. <laughs> wasn't that it? The case? Wasn't that when? That's where we. I think I heard it first but it's been long before that that it's a saying it's right? a say the thing right it's a thing yes yeah, in the surf world and snowboarding and stuff right well it's true it, it, it is a reality people's energy brings up other people's energy and you can feed off each other's energy but it got to be such a, a, cliche. a common cliche you know and you should avoid cliches like the plague um <laughs> 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 that it became such a standby that people are like oh my god i can't bear to hear feeding off each other one more time so i think Matt Hunter put it out there and called it out. And then if you say feed off each other, then you're going to be ridiculed. But Claude, they already captured him doing it. So they kind of like had a bit of fun with him. It's funny. Well, thank you, Tip. That was a lot of fun. Let us know when you want us to come by your podcast. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Maybe we can. Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you called it. Contract. Yeah, I'm putting them on the spot right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a verbal contract. Your podcast is. If we go on your podcast, it's probably going to be out before this one comes out. Oh, yeah. You guys will be out right away. <laughs> <laughs> that turnaround. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tip. Yeah. We love no, you. it's been awesome. And, uh, so good. Thank you right for on. everything so that you've done. Thank, thank, well, thanks th for being a part of all the projects, the video projects yeah. in the past. And yeah. Well, just, super fun. I love working with you guys because you yeah. guys are cool. You're fun. You do your own thing. And you guys are pretty talented. And um, I, like what, I like what you guys do. And so I, I feel honored to be a part, you know, and um, keep on rocking it yourself. So. Let's all rock it together. Let's all rock it Feed together. Feed off each other. Rock! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.